This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash uberone for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Welcome along. Uh, missing it yet? <laughs> I have tried to amuse myself. I have tried to amuse myself. There has been football on. 
you know, the, the Nations League, you know, that's been on. And I, I thought, I'll watch the game, you know, Wales versus, um, who did they play? Was it San Marino? Some, some Poland, that was it. Wales versus Poland. I'll tell you what, it was like watching a horror movie. This is Less Little I Die TV. Welcome along. It is a, what night is it? Friday night. And it's the first in a new series of the Friday Debate Show. So this is where... We, we debate things, we debate things, we don't argue, we don't chat, we don't manter, we simply just debate or try and have a sensible debate. Yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? This is the I Die TV, this is where you can watch and listen to us. Watch us on YouTube, listen on your favourite podcast platform, or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Yep, if you are watching on YouTube, please, please do press that subscribe button. It does help us grow the channel. So tonight's show, I've got three fans with me, and at least I'll be cool. Uh, see what I did there? Um, and we are going to be looking at how disappointing the Premier League team's seasons were. I mean, depending on what they were expecting, the size of the club, etc. And I'll bring my guests in uh, one at a time. And we'll start We'll start with ladies first, because I like to think of myself as a gentleman. Nobody else does, but I like to think of <laughs> myself as a gentleman. You'll recognise her from our normal Monday night season shows with the uh, League Review. Lou, how the devil are you? Are you missing it? Uh, yes. I've had a really stressful day because I had a leak Ooh. in my in my uh, living room but it's finished and sorted now so yeah that's right from that, I'm doing all right <laughs> that would kind of put a dare i'd say dampener on your day wouldn't it no pun intended yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's all sorted you're all dry yep yeah no that's good that's good thanks for joining us um we'll get james in now james that this for those of you that know and he you see him on a lot of shows, but he's always in the chat. This is the first time that you will have seen him alive, if you like. You know that he is real. James, you're an Everton fan. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about this. Welcome along, sir. Evening, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, got plenty to say, but not in a good way. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you've not. I'm sure you've not. And this is why I'm doing this show at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's, if it's not if it's not just bad, and thanks very much for coming on, having a scouser on that we're going to struggle to to, to understand. We've got a Welshman on, and we're going to need uh, <laughs> subtitles are available for those that are watching. Sign language in the background. Well, you need an interpreter, won't you? I can't do a sheep sign language, so we'll just leave that. But no, no I don't think you should do a sheep sign language. I'm trying to get on as many shows as possible to try and take my mind off Sunday. So thanks for having me on, Chris, to debate uh, the Premier League. Uh, yeah, the Premier League season. Yes, yes. It's Absolutely. not really good, is it, really? Well, this is the thing. It's been such a funny season. And obviously, Sunday, Mike is referring to Wales versus Ukraine. Um, it, I don't know. In a way, I know I said before we were all chatting that what, what a shame it was for Scotland, and it was, but you know, that's in a sarcastic way, of course. But it would have been nice to see a couple of British teams slog it out to get to the World Cup. And Louise, I mean, as English fans, we can just sit there and go, 
We'll wait to yeah, see who's well, coming to join us. We can, we can, but we also know what happens when we actually get to the tournament. So Shh, I don't think we should do that. mention that. Although the last tournament went okay till the end, didn't it? So, well, this is we'll it. See. This is it. Yeah. I think we should, we should, we should uh, cover that with the tournaments under Roy Hodgson. Yeah. <laughs> Because, uh, they 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 were bad tournaments. Um, just just to go around, you start with with you, Louis. I mean, talk, taking the season as a whole, it was one of the weirdest seasons I can remember. I was expecting it to get back to normal because we'd had obviously the two COVID seasons. Yeah. But my God, I mean, predictions we were way off the mark with most of them. It was just a such an odd season. Yeah. Again, it is difficult because. That's what we want, but at the same time, we don't want it when it's your team. Yes. When it's your team getting that like dodgy result, it's horrible. When it's someone else's, you, you say that. Well, that's what makes the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and it is, and that's why we love it, and that's why, it, in my opinion, it is the best league in the world because the top can be, at uh, the bottom rather, can be at the top. Yeah. And you know, the middle changes around all the time. I mean, look at West Ham this season. You know, I don't think anyone outside of. West Ham actually thought that was going to happen. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a weird one, but it's what makes it interesting. You know, if the top teams oh, were winning no. all the time, it would be very, very boring. Definitely is. And James, I mean, I think because it's been such a weird season, I mean, you're obviously an Everton fan. Well, not obviously, um, but you are an Everton <laughs> fan. <laughs> but, but, you know, we all have our cross to bear, I guess. But no, all joking aside, the fact that, it has been such a weird season, meant that as bad a season, and obviously we'll come on to Everton later, but as bad a season as you were having, you never lost touch. It has been a bizarre season, it has, but I always separate the league as a, in like four or five different sections. I, as you take away the top two, then you've got Chelsea, like the third best team, and then you've got Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United, West Ham, and even Leicester. In the, um, yeah. maybe Wolves slightly in the in the gap, uh, the group that compete for Europe, and then yeah. the rest. It's all like bang average, you know, rubbish. It's just, I mean, I'm not being funny, but the league the last few years. I mean, nothing against City and Liverpool. Them two sides are fantastic, but the the league hasn't been that great. If I'm going to be brutally honest, it's not been the quality. I mean, the quality's improving in terms of. The caliber of players coming in, <laughs> it's slightly boss. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, it's just, it's just a poor league. I mean, yeah. people would say about the French league and Scottish league being a farmers league. Well, some people can say that with here as well, but it is, it is what it is. It is, is a worry that, that you've got two teams that you know have over the past few seasons of, but I think it's only the last few because I mean, you know, Chelsea at one point were. We're in the mix every season, and they, they've won quite a few. But, I mean, Chris Welsh, good evening to you. Yeah, Manchester United, uh, sorry, yeah, and Everton in the same stream. This could get interesting. Um, Mike, as a, as a Man United fan, I mean, and again, I say we'll come to the individual teams, but could you have ever thought that as badly as you played, that you would still end up in a European position? Well, it's, it's just funny how this Arsenal's best ever season and we're in the same competition as them so you know yeah. Arsenal fans still think that they're, they're untouchable 
But no, the season it was an absolute shambles. And to be honest, I was on the final day more worried about whether we we're going to be in the Europa League or the Conference League because I think the Conference League. I'm not disregarding the Conference League. I'm just no, saying. Be careful here. Be careful. No, 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 I will make a point on it. I'll say the only reason I didn't want to be in the Conference League is if you win that, you're in the Europa League. Where if you if you win the Europa League, you get direct spots to the Champions League. So I thought that may have been our only hope of actually getting into the top four next season. Well, to, to get Champions League football, sorry. So I thought, right, take the Europa League. It gives Ten Hag something to build on by hopefully winning that and getting into the Champions League that way whilst also building in the league. But like, like you said, how we managed to get any sort of European footballers, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. The two, two footballers, one's called David De Gea and the other one's called Cristiano Ronaldo. That's the only reason we've got into that Europe Basically, yeah, he, 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 I'm surprised that he's not, you know, he didn't finish the season with a bad back. Uh, old Cristiano Ronaldo, who's carrying Man United that much, he didn't even so, get played the season, to be fair. It was actually to hear that got it, so yeah, yeah, fair, fair point. But I mean, yes. I, 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 for me, and I don't, I'm not usually a betting man because I'm usually sort of so way off the mark with everything, but I might just have a five run Man United actually not qualifying out of the Europa League and actually ending up in the Conference League. I would find that really funny. Yeah, I, generally, <laughs> I would not watch that. Oh, I would, I, would, I would love it. I would love it, as Kevin <laughs> Keegan once said. Let, let's have a look at the teams and let's go through. Some of them have had good seasons. Um, some, and, and obviously disappointing. I've not gone for the worst season here because I think if you're going for the worst season, you're going to be looking up at the obvious relegated sides. But disappointing from what was the fans' Um, predictions of how they will finish because uh, I spoke to um, you know all the fans before the start of the season got where they thought their team would end so it's, it was good to to compare it to that but where they finished last season and what they were expecting so you know you could even say you know Man City could have had a disappointing season but let's start well start with Arsenal start with the A shall we um, they finished in fifth and Europa League it was up on last season when they finished eighth. Um, the fan predicted seven to ten, so they've actually done better than they thought they would do. Um, whatever happens, Lou, they're still going to want Arteta out, aren't they? Uh, this week, maybe, yeah. And then <laughs> when they start uh-huh. winning, they want they want him to stay. I think the thing with Arsenal is they're making progress under Arteta, and that's yeah. something that you want to look at because if they get rid of him, a who's going to come and manage Arsenal? Let's face it, Arteta only came because he's an ex-Arsenal player and he obviously has affinity with the team because yeah. who would have wanted that when he came? And, you know, the Europa League is, is disappointing because they were in that box seat for fourth, and I get that. But at the same time, at the beginning of the season, they would have took fifth. 1,000% the Arsenal fans would have took fifth. And like I say, there is progression there. And, you know, they didn't lose it by much. They were a really young side with a lot of talented players that are only going to get better. Arsenal's problem will be keeping those players because there's some that will eventually probably go to the clubs above them. So, I yeah, think I think it's already gone. Yeah, and, you know, you can see more. Yeah. And that was a total, like, off-the-field situation, wasn't it? But Well, yeah, yeah. So... Um, but James, I mean... <sighs> I, at one point, 
thought that Arsenal were going to get fourth. I mean, Chris said there that they bottled fourth. And I don't know that I'm a, I'm a supporter of that phrase because, I mean, everybody said that, you know, Arsenal, you know, Leicester bottled fourth the last two seasons. And the argument could be on the other side, of course, they did well to get fifth because they'd been eighth, like I say, the season before. But they did kind of blow it. It was in their own hands up until the last few games, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, the last couple of months, they were pretty much nailed on for top four. Mm. It was always them and Spurs in a kind of way, but Arsenal just seemed to pick up a few more points along the way. But I, I just I, they've done better than I thought they would because I had them in seventh originally. Mm. And and I know because I've got to get on with a lot of Arsenal fans in the chat and the, most of them are Arteta house. But, <laughs> but um, they won't be next week, James. Yeah, probably not. Um, but the, I look at the squad. It's not good enough for the Champions League. It's just not. I mean, you've got a couple of good young players in there, like Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli. They've got, they've got a good bunch of kids. But like Lou said, at some point, if Arsenal don't get in the Champions League again, then they're going to get they're going to get one out. The bigger clubs will be coming in with pots of cash, and they want to be playing in the Champions League. And half the other players Arsenal have got, I mean, Xhaka, El Nenny, and all that, they're all right players, but they're not to where Arsenal want to go. They're not the answer. And I think losing Lacazette today is not really a blow because. He's probably 30 now. What more yeah. could he do? So, yeah, he, he didn't have a good and, season all round, did he? Really? No. <laughs> and, and as for Arteta, I mean, I think it was too, in my opinion, when he took the job, I thought it was too soon. Mm. But you don't, the thing is, if you say if I got a phone call, you got a phone call, anyone else in the chat said they got a phone call and says, Do you want to be manager of Arsenal? He's not going to turn it down, is he? No. So you don't blame him for taking the job. It's just the dumbbell when I think when we come on later on and we'll see that the off the job. It's like Frank shouldn't have been offered the job. Ollie shouldn't have been offered the job. They should never have been offered those jobs. With where the clubs no, definitely. So, you know, if they if they didn't have the affinity with the club, they never would have got the job. So you're not gonna turn it down because you don't know if you'll ever get offered that chance again. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. look, at, and I'll just give a quick example. Moyes at United. When Moyes mm. left us to go to Man United, and then obviously it didn't work out, you're thinking Moyes will never get that opportunity again. And he's doing all right at West Ham at the minute. So, yeah. It's just what I'm saying. It's the last Yeah. Mike, I mean, we, we laugh about the Arsenal fans and Arteta out or in shaking it all about. But he had a big job on his hands because when he came in, a bit like Moyes when he went to Man United, he's got a massive and Ten Hag now he's he had a massive job on his hands to to rebuild the club as Chris Welsh said. There, you know, there's a lot of troublemakers he had to get rid of. He wanted to get rid of, and I, I don't think you know it's all right if you keep you know on top of a team as you go season to season, but if you don't. The job can literally be massive and take years. Yeah, I'm actually going to play devil's advocate. I think it's been an overachievement for Arsenal this season. Um, you know, when you talk about moments they've had in the season, obviously you had to get rid of, you know, Ozil before this season. You had to get rid of 
Aubameyang. He had players that just couldn't be bothered. He's had a lot of injuries this season. I know, I know, I don't like to bring that up, but the team has been so unsettled at times. You've got the fans because the fans are going to um, get into the players' heads when they're constantly singing Arteta out and stuff, or you know, constantly. Um, Screaming and shouting after every game, of course, because, you know, like James and Lou and everyone says, their squad is young. So don't be fooled. They do, you know, look on social media, Smith Rowe, Saka, Martinelli. They're, they're going to be on like social media, seeing what the fans are saying. If they're constantly pelting the players, then that's going to take a massive confidence drop on those players because they are such a young side and they've not got any real sort of person to put their sort of hand round the shoulder and say, look, you know, you're going to get this because most of the squad is inexperienced in itself. So to manage to get fifth and, to be honest, nearly get top four with that squad, that is... That is if you look at Arsenal's inconsistency during the season, I mean, you know, the last two games, oh, two of the last five games, I mean, all right, it wasn't helpful that Tottenham beat them 3-0. <laughs> you know, the, the biggest rivals and, and rivals for their fourth place beat them. But then they went and lost 2-0 to Newcastle and that was kind of their season throughout and I think like you say Tottenham would have probably been better had they got Conte in at the start but we'll we'll come on to that but I think overall Arsenal I don't think should be disappointed with that season 100% not like I said I I think it's an overachiever to to get that to to, well they beat Newcastle on that Monday night and they've got top four simple as that so it's and and like you said Chris they I've, I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans this year and and listen to like the media talk about Arsenal. They're bigging this Arsenal squad up, and rightly, rightfully so. Like Lou said, Arteta is building something, and I know obviously you're going to get those, you know, people. Um, <laughs> not going to, not going to put the superlative to define them, but you're going to get those people that will say Arteta out after a loss, and then, you know, maybe he's building something. You know, after a win, I generally think there is something boiling for Arsenal. He's got eighth, eighth, fifth. There is progression there, and you know as you see the players that they're linked to now, um, yeah. some decent caliber players. And what he's got to do is um, he's got to get hungry players, not big egos. And I think that's the same for, yeah. for Mike, which we'll talk about later on. It's got yeah. to be the right mix. There needs to be some experienced players in that team, though. But you can't just keep Lacazette. I think getting rid of him was was perfect. It, it, it is certainly, it is certainly, it is a team in transition, and they are yeah. progressing. Uh, yeah. season after season. So, yeah, but I, I don't think that they, they've had a disappointing season. Now, you could say, Lou, um, that this team has had a disappointing season, or have they? I mean, you know, their fan predicted fifth to sixth. They finished 11th last season. Um, they have got all the money from Grealish going um, to, to, for them to spend. And, obviously, they then ended up sacking the manager, um, Dean Smith, and bringing in you know, what looks like going to be a, a, a great decision with Steven Gerrard and the players he's attracting. I mean, if I was if I was a Villa fan, I'd be a little bit disappointed with that. I think fifth or sixth is way too high. Yeah. I don't yeah. think... Do you know what I mean? I think that's way too high. Um, really? See them when I saw but... that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think 14th is probably a little low. I don't think it's a disappointing season. It's not. It's really difficult because obviously they are behind where they were last season. Mm. But Gerard has only just took over. You know, like you say, he's not even had a full season yet. And look yeah. what he's getting out of the team already. I don't yeah. think they need to worry. 
Um, but obviously, you know, they want European football. That's the problem. Every team, well, probably the bottom five or six, want European football. They yes. can't all get it. So some fans are going to be disappointed. I don't think Aston Villa should be too disappointed. I, I can see why the little hint is because they have talk positionally, obviously, steps back. But I don't yeah. think they should be overly disappointed. No. I mean, James, you know, it was a bit of a masterstroke in some ways getting Gerard in. Um, he'd, he'd done a bit of, um, I don't know, is it, <laughs> you've got that Scottish affiliation and I, I always feel bad, that, well, no, I don't feel bad at saying this, but you know, we, we know what the Spanish Premier League is like and he was at Rangers, um, but you could say I eased him into the management, I suppose, but it's, it's the names he's attracting. I mean, Cortino turned up, Suarez might be coming back. Um, it's going to look good for them. They've got good owners, but would you would, would should they have expected more this season? With the money they spent, you thought they would have uh, done a lot better because back in the summer, I mean, they bring players like Leon Bailey, for example. I mean, he was he was in numerous clubs at the time, and obviously he's had a bit of an injury hit season. But losing Grealish was obviously going to be a bit of a factor, but. It was a case of uh, everyone was saying could Villa work without him? Could or couldn't he? Mm. Uh, I'd say it's more of a. I can understand it's it's slightly disappointing. I'd say, but I'd say it's more of a transitional period for Villa because I mean this is going to be Gerard's first summer window, mm. and he needs to. I, um, um, I'd say time, but managers these days don't get time anymore. So. But I think patience just just got to be there. Yeah, I mean yeah. Villa for a club of their size. I mean stand. I mean obviously long long term they should be aiming for Europe. But at the minute they're just slightly behind. I'd say. But I think if I'm a Villa fan, I would be slightly excited. No, but it makes it exciting, doesn't it? That suddenly there are all these clubs that think they can get into into Europe, and it it does make the whole league more exciting. Oh, it does, yeah. Look at yeah. Newcastle. I mean, the money they've yeah, got yeah. now. I mean, they're they're starting to look up now. And then, mm. West. I mean, West Ham have been in the order a few times. They're looking on the up as well. So it's going to be interesting how the summer pans out for them. Yeah, I mean, Mike, you can never say that any club is is a one one man club. Man United are close to it. Let's be honest with Ronaldo. Like you said earlier, you know, him and the gay sort of carried the club. Grealish, I mean, <laughs> once he kind of was, was injured and out, that's when they started to struggle. I actually leaned the other way. I think getting rid of Grealish was, may turn out to be actually the right thing for Villa because now it's not give the ball to Grealish. It's right, we've got Senior on the pitch, we've got Buendia on the pitch, we've got McGinn on the pitch, we've got different avenues of attack where when Grealish was there, it was like, right, give it to Jack, see what he can do. Now the team is, I think they're they're well, they're a much better team now without Grealish. They've got some very good players like um, like James said, Leon Bailey. You don't <laughs> he has had an awful season, obviously with injuries. He will come fire next season. They've brought in Kamara from Marseille. They've brought in Diego Carlos uh, from Sevilla. They're linked to Luis Suarez. They're linked to uh, Tarkovsky potentially as well from Burnley. So there's a lot of excitement around Aston Villa at the moment, and just to you know, re in first what everyone said, fifth to sixth as a fan prediction was a, uh, you know, very out there. I wouldn't, wouldn't have predicted them at the start of the season. I, I did say Villa will end 
10 to, to 12, something like that. Um, but Gerard coming in, it people keep saying, oh, Gerard, they fell off since Gerard's come in and, and all this rubbish. But he's building something. And like Chris said, the names he has put into this football club is, well, they're a former European Cup winner, aren't they? And, and they want to get back there. So um, I, I think this is going in the right direction. Not a disappointing season. I can see why people may think it. Like Lou said, they have you know dropped three pl- uh, places in the table, which you can obviously say, well, hang on, last season they were 11th, now they're 14th. But half of it was Dean Smith. The other half was Gerard. Coutinho came in in January, completely changed the team. So many factors, but yeah, I wouldn't say it has been disappointing from Villa. I think that one, you know, if Arsenal was sort of overachieving, if you like, I think I think we can say Villa was probably around what we would have expected them to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, one of my favourite—I mean, the three teams obviously come up every season. <laughs> um, we always expect two of them to to go straight back down, especially if they're Watford and Norwich. But this this is a sort of club loo that I love to see coming up. And I would have so loved it to have been Luton this time. These clubs that have never sort of been there and they come up and they have a go and it's great when they stay up. But I think Brentford, I mean, yeah, they had their, you know, their, their early burst when you know, nobody was really used to them and, and they went up. Um, I mean, their fan prediction was the fact that let, just, just keep us up, please. But they were far from ever. They were never in any trouble of going down. They did have a bit of a, a, a bit of a sort of wobble. Second, yeah, wobble. That. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, but they started then. They played a lot of teams around them, and they 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 sort of were beating them, and that was the difference. And it they, they were never in trouble, were they? For me, again, this is an overachievement. Oh, this is a massive overachievement. Mm. When they came up. It's really difficult because you don't want to be... When I'm talking about teams that come up, I don't want to be negative. Mm. You kind of can't help it sometimes because, like you say, two out of three usually go down and usually go down easily. Like, there's one or two that go down easily. In this case, obviously, it was Watford and um, Norwich. But I love the way they play. I love the manager. I love the way he talks. He's very honest about what's going on. It's like, it's not just, um, we're happy to be here. We can compete, we will compete, and we will use everything we have to be able to compete. And yeah, we don't have the money, we don't even have the fan base, but do you know what? We can still stay in the Premier League. Second season syndrome is a thing, and yeah. I think it will hit them. I do think they'll struggle a lot more next season, but I still think they'll stay up next season. I don't think they'll go down, but it will be harder because, as I say, second season syndrome, it is a thing. There's so many clubs have had it. Um, so we'll see on that. But yeah, definitely can't be dis- dis- disappointed at all about this season. Just remind me, Lou, did we suffer with second season syndrome at all? <laughs> no. No, Probably no. As <laughs> soon as you mentioned it, I just thought I'd remind myself, you know. <laughs> we, are, we are the exception that proves the rule, then, yeah. Chris, aren't we? Exactly. Uh, our second season, yeah, they're uh, memories, memories. <laughs> uh, James, I mean, when you look at an experienced Premier League club, like Burnley, and let's be honest with you, they'd been up sort of a seven odd years. I know they'd gone down, but they came straight back up. Only managed to um, win seven games. Brentford finished the season on thirteen games, you know, having won and uh, eleven points ahead of them. I mean, it was beyond their wildest dreams from the, from the first game when they when they beat Arsenal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like Lou said, the every Brentford fan 
would have been snapped your hand off for the season they've had. I, I'm a bit similar when, when it comes to new teams coming to the league, like Brentford or Blackpool or, or Huddersfield at the time. Just give it just more fresh, more refreshing. Just gives yeah. the league more of a refreshing sight. And I like, especially what Lou said, the way they go at teams, the way they, they just approach games. Like we can compete with these. We're not here. We're not like trying to be like little old Brentford. Yeah, we may not have the finances. Yeah, we may not have the huge squad. But let's give everyone a go. Let's give it a go. Bring them yeah. on. Bring them on. And that's the mentality you want to hear from other teams. And Evanson yeah, was, was a great addition, wasn't he? Oh, Christian Eric. I mean, most clubs, even my club, I would have had him in a heartbeat. But Brentford, I mean, the, the oh, fact they got him for free and the goals he got to help them along the way, you can't go wrong. It's, it's whether they can get hold of him again. It's, it's another thing. I mean, it's funny. There's a lot of clubs, and we, you know, Leicester included in, in the rumours, and these obviously are all rumours because it's the silly season, but you know, clubs that weren't interested in him at the start suddenly are. And I'd love him to turn around, even though he, you know, he could be turning down my club, I'd love him to turn around and go, no, do you know what? He didn't want me before. I'm going to stop at Brentford. If he, if he stays there, fair play. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and it shows that Brentford... Ambitious, why it's showing some ambition. Mm. It's yeah. like what Lou said that's your added second season syndrome. That's the, the worry for any cl- promoted club. So, and that's the what I mean. I know it's another conversation, but Forrest, if Forrest stay up, say for this upcoming season, <laughs> then I know that. you, I know you're not getting <laughs> on that, Chris, but but you know what I mean. You know, the, the second season, you just don't know. It's no. going to be hard. It will be hard for them next season, but I think they've just got enough to be fine again. Yeah. J- um, James, I was going to call you then, Mike. Um, Chris Welsh makes an excellent point here. And for me, I don't think that the you should get manager of the season just because your clubs won the Premier League. Well, Klopp didn't, and he still won it. Yeah, well, all right. Top horse. You know what I'm. You know what I'm. Yeah. The point I'm getting at here. You know yeah. the point I'm getting at. You know, someone like Thomas Frank comes up. Is he was his job? You know, has he not done a better job than Pep or or or, or Jurgen? I mean, you know, to to do what he's done with the resources he's got. Um, it to, to my mind, I've, I've got to totally agree with with Chris Welsh that you know he he, he did probably deserve manager of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too fussed on Thomas Frank as, as a person, but I will agree that the job that he's done at Brentford, surpassing any expectations. Look, I've I, I done a prediction at the start of the season, got absolutely pretty much everything wrong, but I predicted Brentford to finish 13th. And the reason why I predicted them to finish 13th is the way that they play football, the way they are a football club. They use like the scouting networks, the, the way that they use their... Um, obviously, they transfer sign and sign everyone from like Scandinavia and stuff like that with their um, FC Midland uh, links from Denmark. It's a it's a great club. It's a fantastic club, um, and I know obviously Lou and, and James and you yourself, Chris, have sort of hinted at potential second season syndrome. I don't think it'll be that because they haven't finished as high. When Leeds finished high, Sheffield United both finished high. Brentford mm. have just been stable. If they would have finished in the top 10, it's like, can we maintain that when all they have to maintain now is 
between 12th and 15th in that area where there's not there's not going to be much expectation. And plus, you've got obviously Bournemouth, Fulham and um, Forest coming into the league now. So there's potentially three teams that are worse off, worse off than them, plus Leeds as well. Maybe Everton, James, you know, I'm sorry to say, unless something drastic changes at Everton. So there's, there's still teams that Brentford will look on and say, well, we beat them last season. Why can't we go and do it again? Christian Eriksen, if you're going to say for a signing of the summer, a uh, signing of the season, I know he came in at you know midway point, but signing of the season, Christian Eriksen, they had that unbelievable peak at the start. They dropped around November, December, and then it literally was, we bring Eriksen back straight back up again. And and it was just the, the fresh, the breath of fresh air that Christian Eriksen gave to that Brentford side, the Brentford squad. Uh, he, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. The the Denmark link that that club has, he, he's well loved I think, there. Yeah. I think he'll stay. I think I think we all agree that that they really did overachieve. And I think again, all of us would have said if the three that came up, the one that was going to do better and stay up. I know I did, and I think probably everybody did. Out of the three was going to be um, was going to be Brentford. Um, mm. Welcome along to Doug and welcome along to Anthony. How the devil are you both? Hope you are well. Yes, Doug. You see, James has got a face. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody knew whether he was a real or whether he was made up. Or <laughs> but he's, he's real. He's not made up, and he's here tonight. Um, next um, one, um, <clears throat> and in a way. Although I did ask him on, Brad is, is actually down in Brighton at the moment, and and we obviously we know they are his second team, but without the, that Brighton biased, uh, I again I think Brighton have done all right this season, Lou. You know they they did have the the a little dip um, start of the new year when they were bottom of the um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? bottom of the free, um, form oh, league, okay. yeah, uh, but they turned it round and. You know, they've not had their annual battle with relegation. No, again, that's why I don't think Brighton fans are going to be disappointed. This season, I think they've done incredibly well. And yeah, they had the good start, then they had the bump, but they did bounce back from that bump. And most teams in the Premier League, if you take out the top three or four, have that, you know, in a season. You're not going to be on top form for the whole season. Brighton weren't. But they were good enough to get the position that they deserved. You know, I, I truly believe that the table doesn't lie. Mm. You know, so I don't think they would have expected it. And looking at the fan prediction, 16th to 17th, then again, they've got to be happy. I don't think there's any disappointment from the Brighton fans that, you know, they had that dip. I mean, if they hadn't done, they could quite easily be in Europe. But that wasn't expected, obviously, at the beginning of the season. So no. I don't think they could. No. You know, they could. James, no, exactly. James, I I wasn't a Harry Potter a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> that is the first one all season. I've managed to avoid making that slip up. Um, I, I, I am quite a Harry Potter fan. I quite like it. My kids grew up with it, so I, I do as well. But talking about his brother, Graham Potter... I never kind of jumped onto the oh he's wonderful sort of bandwagon. Um, yeah, um, as I was saying, um, yeah, I don't think there's any disappointment from the Brighton fans at all. No, no, but I just said uh, I was 
I, I just didn't buy into this, you know. If everybody, anybody said, oh, we want to get rid of our manager, let's have Graham Potter. He's going to be an England manager. And I'm saying, like, just prove something to me first. And in fairness, I think he has this season because he's, he's got them well above, you know, punching well above the weight. And when they did start to drop down the table, he, he managed to claw them back up again. And only on the last day, you know, just finished behind, behind Leicester. Yeah, they've done far better than I've, any of us expected them to. I mean, he's a decent manager, possibly. But like you, like you say, you you got asked the question: Can he prove? Can he prove us all wrong? Can he? I mean, like like we said, they had the bump um, of, of up and down results, but then they just clawed it back and managed to finish ninth, which is fantastic. If you, you said to Brighton fans at the start of the season, you would have gone. Yeah, ninth place for you this season. It would have bitten your hand off. Yeah. But I think with Graham Potter, I mean, they play some really good football, but my biggest problem with Brighton is the times. They create like 20, 30 chances, but they don't take them half the time. Mm. And I think they need in the summer, they really need to go and get a, a top, I'd, I'd say a top striker, but someone who can get them at least 15 goals a season. Because I think Mo pays a decent forward, but I just don't think he's quite that level yet. No, no. I, I I mean, Mike, that has got to be his priority, hasn't it? Because, you know, you would look at that, as James said there, if you get a, a if he gets a striker in, then really you could be looking at them being sort of outside chances for Europe next season. Yeah. Um, I actually went to a Brighton game this season uh, in the, the Carabao Cup against Cardiff and I was speaking to a few Brighton fans and they were saying that if you put a, if you put a, competent 15 20 goal a season striker in our team will we'll finish in the top seven and I laughed at them thinking you're having a laugh and then after this season and, and sort of touching on James's point that they create 20 to 30 chances a game and eight of those 20 to 30 five or six are clear cut if you get someone who can take three or four of those clear cut chances every game you're gonna you're gonna finish well in the league we see it with with uh, with Man City, obviously they do it a different way with no strikers. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you see the te- the successful teams in the league. If you give your main attackers four to five clear cut chances a game, they'll score sixty to seventy five percent of them. So yeah. you know it is one of them where they have overachieved. Um, I, I didn't have them down as relegation. I, I think I put them like fifteenth, fourteenth, uh, something like that. So I, I did think they were going to stay up, but to, to go as, as as high as they have and um obviously they they done you know in, in big games obviously uh unbeaten sorry against Chelsea this season beat man united 4-0 um and stuff like that so they they have overachieved but i generally think if they address the the striker position in that team um that they they've got a very very good chance of of europe and, and graham potter is an absolute messiah by the way he, he's an unbelievable manager tactician he gets everything right. I generally think he is one. He is the next man to get the big move. I think, or a you know, a step up from Brighton. But he, he may want to stay with Brighton because it's it's an ambitious um, sort of road, isn't it? Really, with the players I they've think, got. I think you've got to look at that carefully because, like Chris said, there you know we get into this hype about English managers. Um, you know, you can see, I can almost see it starting with Steve Cooper Lou at, at Knox Forest. Um, they built up and built up and built up, um, and they have one good season. And you, you could almost you could 
kind of maybe make the argument with, I know he's not English, but as a British manager, with, um, you know, with, with Brendan. But with this, the media, isn't it? They like to build people up, give them one good season and then drop them right back down again. Mm. I think the difference between Cooper and Rogers is Rogers has got two Premier League fifth places and nearly won the league with Liverpool. So I think there's a major difference between the two. But yes, the, the principle is the same. Yeah. And, and Anthony's just said uh, here, um, thanks, Chris. Just seen the Anthony Kamara video. Lol, what a great stream. What he's referring to is, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, it is just loaded. It's in the latest show section or the fun zone on Leicester Slide ITV on YouTube. And um, we did the final, the final game of the season. There we go. And it's I have a section. It's a funny old game. When you need a, I'm always bursting into song here to the um, Ghostbusters theme. But when you need a star for your soccer show, who are you going to go? Who are you going to call? Chris Kamara. Except we couldn't afford him, so we got Anthony Kamara. Do have a look at that video. I tell you what, he's a cheaper version, but he's just as funny. So if you get a chance, it's only about six, seven minutes long. It's just a compilation of his best bits from that show. Anthony, you were a star. It was a great laugh, great show. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, next up, whew, and I think Dan's out getting drunk tonight, and I don't blame him, uh, Burnley. Again, I don't think I would not class this as a disappointing season because. I don't think anybody expected them to do any better than this, Lou. You know, it's 16th to 17th, he predicted. Last season, it was 17th. Um, sacked the manager with about eight, nine games to go, which was either going to be the most brilliant decision ever made or, 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 or a gamble. It didn't come off, but at one point, it looked like it did. So I don't think, I, I couldn't call this disappointing because they pretty much did, I think, what, what people expected of them. Yeah, I think the Burnley fans will be disappointed because there was points where it was in their hands to stay up. So I think that's the disappointment. Mm. Yeah. Would they have thought, well, obviously they didn't think it was going to be much better before the season started. But yeah, going down, obviously, is always disappointing. But mm. that's the curse of being a Burnley fan. You know, it's not the first time it's happened to them, is it? They've been up and down no. like a yo-yo. So no. hopefully they will come back and give it another go and actually stay in the division. But I like Burnley. I've got nothing against Burnley, but it's just not worked out for them. And the change of manager, I thought at the time was weird. Not so much changing the manager, but the timing of it, I thought was weird. You know, like you said, with nine games to go, why not just wait till the end of the season and, and see what happens? And who knows whether they would have stayed up with Dash or not? I mean, you can never say, but... No. No. Uh, totally. Uh, and, uh, James, I mean, like I say... It, it was almost what was expected of them. Um, so in, in, that's why I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't think it's a, a disappointment. It, it was a gamble when they, when they replaced the manager. It nearly came off, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't to be. That, that final day was, like, unbelievable. But it wasn't the final day that cost them. It was the, the form the whole season. They kept, they won a couple. Then, I remember they won a couple, then they came to Leicester. And we beat them, and that was their problem. Every time they got a little bit of momentum going, they lost it. Yeah, I mean, most of us predicted that Burnley were going to end up anyway. I mean, 
first of all, just like I said, I feel sorry for their man, for Dan, obviously, going because obviously we've been relegation rivals this season. But yeah, um, Burnley, I think the second of dice was the, the time, like Luke said, the timing of it was very bizarre indeed. I would have, yeah. I would, we would have understood it if it was at the end of the season, whether they stayed up or not. But I think just the timing of it was a bit bizarre. But it, they almost did it. And the weirdly thing enough, uh, the, the fella who was the caretaker boss, Mike Jackson, uh, I'm going back, this was this is last season. Um, he, the last job he took, he was sacked by Tramir Rovers and they were like languishing near relegation in League Two. So, mm. and he nearly kept them up. But I look at, I mean, they don't have bundles of cash either. Burnley, another club that just doesn't have a bundle of cash, but it's just not enough. I just don't think they've got quite enough. But I hope they come back up straight up and whoever they get as manager, hopefully, just gives them a bounce effect. Yeah. But do you think, James, that had they sacked Daesh, but then immediately got, say, an Allardyce or somebody like that in... That would have been more understandable because obviously the certain managers you know that you get in that you know they're firefighters and every you wouldn't appoint Allardyce if you were trying to get into Europe, but you might do if you want to to keep them up. It was just the fact that where they were was this guy really, if we're honest, ever going to keep them up? Yeah, like you say, yeah. The, if they had a plan and think who they're going to, if they knew that they were going to get rid of Dice. They could have had a planning, but say maybe tempted uh, Big Sam to come in, but it just didn't happen that way. And unfortunately, Burnley just missed out on the last day of the season. So, and would you say it was a disappointing season? I mean, yes, they've gone down, but you know, looking at what what was projected for them, it was because it was expected, wasn't it? I'd, I'd I'd say it was probably more expected. I didn't think they'd go down, but more like, like you just said, like you see on the screen there, 16, 17, more or less where we all thought they were going to be anyway. So, yeah, sad that they've gone down, but I wouldn't say it's a major disappointment. No. Would you agree, Mike? Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a disappointment by any stretch of the imagination. It's not like they were predicted to finish or, you know, expected to finish like 15th and they've gone down. They It was... 16th, 15th, 16th, 17th in that area. Um, but one thing I will say is, is again, devil's advocate, I completely agree uh, with the sacking of Jordan Deitch. We've seen it at Crystal Palace getting rid of Hodgson for Vieira and it's completely changed the way that they play. Burnley, very much pragmatic 4-4-2 in, in a boring sense. Mike Jackson and Ben Mee come in and it's like, right, lads, play with freedom. And we saw them get the best out of uh, Corne, McNeil, Cork, Brown, uh, Brown Hill, um, and, and it just gave the whole club a bit of a refresh. Even, I think it was Aaron Lennon, or either Aaron Lennon or someone else came out and said, we're just allowed to play now. We're not, you know, being yeah. held for, you know. Go, go, yeah. Oh, no, go. I, I get, unfortunately, I don't. I said that it wasn't a big enough bounce. Um, yeah. gonna, we're going to move on. We're gonna, I think we're going to have to get a bit quicker because we're only at um, – <laughs> Fifth team, and we've been on here 45 minutes, so uh, we'll, we'll try and move on quicker and keep things a bit shorter. Um, Chelsea, Lou, um, they, were, they won the Champions League last season. The fan prediction was first, they finished third, and they, they obviously got knocked out of the Champions League, although they put up a fight. Would this have been disappointing for them? They, they've moved up a place. 
Yeah. So my initial reaction is no, because Lukaku was never going to be the band to score the goals to win in the league, ever. Yeah. Just never. It was never going to win in the league. I think they're pretty happy with the way the season went. Obviously, they had a lot of stuff going on off the field, which I don't know whether that actually kind of got to the players or not. They're, yeah. they're the only ones that will know that. But yeah, I think it's pretty much after Man City and Liverpool you've got Chelsea, so I think it's pretty much where everyone expected him to be. Yeah. I, James, I um, I predicted them to win it this season. I thought they were going to go on to, to greater things. But, again, you know, as Lou said, it's probably, you know, third quarterfinals of the Champions League, probably about, you know... Finals as well. Sorry? They were in two finals as well, weren't they? The FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well. So, I mean, yeah, James, again, would you not say it's probably what was expected of them? I think third was the right position they finished in. I mean, the, the, as I said, I mean, the, they're easily the third best team in the league. But like Lou said, if you're going to win a title, Lukaku's not the man to fire Chelsea to titles or anything. He's an all right striker. I mean, we had him at Everton for a bit, for a few years, but yeah. he's not that. Like a Haaland or a Lewandowski or them type of strikers who are going to win you the league or anything. So, third's more or less spot on, I'd say, for Chelsea. Yeah, they've um, my, they've got a big job to try and catch the, the top two, haven't they? But again, you know, I suppose you know if you gave them third at the start of the season, they wouldn't have bitten your hands off because they the fans probably expected more. I mean, can you ever say that things off the field should affect you on the on the field? Absolutely, hundred percent. That is always going to affect you. Um, players want, wondering what their future may be. Wondering, um, you know, there's some players that don't actually think about. Well, not I wouldn't say don't think about the money, but there's some players in there that actually want to play for Chelsea Football Club. They were like, well, if this goes, you know, tips up, we may have to. We've seen it with Barcelona having to sell like Messi or you know let players go because they can't, you know, fit the the sort of structure for the wage and that must have sent like an unsettlement that horrible couple of months whatever it was they were dropping points I remember them when they lost 4-1 at home to Brentford um, but then it just showed how good they were they bounced back after that by beating Southampton 6-0 so it just shows you that despite the fact Chelsea had that massive cloud over them mm-hmm. in terms of the ownership they've come out of the season with a third place finish quarterfinal of a Champions League, two domestic cup finals, the UEFA Super Cup and the Club World Cup. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, is it? Considering? It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Um, and just saying here, um, yeah, Belgium, he, he got injured and he had to come off um, in tonight's game, which yeah, yeah, right. helped, uh, helped Belgium, uh, or didn't help Belgium, helped them get thrashed. Uh, and that's in our group as well. The yeah, nation. And, and oh. maybe, maybe, just maybe... People are, people are getting a little bit not Tillemans isn't all that and he may he may see yet we don't know. Oh, but the good, the good news is the good news is um, for you um, Mike is that uh, Ragnick begins Australia reign with a win. Oh no, it doesn't bother you, does it? Because he, he's he's left, hasn't he? I forgot that. Sorry. Like <laughs> that shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> Moving on, Lou Crystal Palace. Um, I think not disappointing for them. I think they they probably slightly overachieved, if anything. Yeah, the area's done um, a great job. 
there and you know you talk about a refresh that's what he's done you know Hodgson is not again the manager you want if you were talking about European ambition and you know exciting football and Vieira seems to be and yeah he's done a great job again first season you can't ask much more than what he's done no no um would you agree James Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, most of us thought they were going to struggle the season after Roy Hodgson left, and then it was such a gamble to bring Vieira in. But yeah. nice comment. He's changed the philosophy at the club, and um, some of the young players they've got coming, uh, they brought in coming through. They look, they actually look a half decent side as well. So, twelve, I think, is a very good season for them. Obviously, they want to kick on and get a bit higher. So, yeah. Overall, I think. A good season for them, especially yeah. for Vieira. I, th- I think, you know, at one point they looked like they might even sort of just, again, a few teams did, look like they might sneak that seventh place maybe, but it was just that inconsistency. But they'll probably grow with that next season um, and hopefully learn from that. But Mike, Mike's just gone off to, to water the plant, so we'll move on and we'll stick, <laughs> we'll stick with you here, uh, James, because um, Everton... Yes, now, well, the Everton fan predicted 7th to 10th. You had 10th last season, uh, 16th. Um, you, you you were worse than that for, for a few weeks. It's been quite an interesting season for you, hasn't it, all round? I'll tell you what, the final few weeks of the season wasn't good for me, Alf, at all. Especially the fact I got a season ticket there. Now, it's just at the start of the season... Most of us were a bit underwhelmed because Carlo Ancelotti left for Real Madrid. And to be honest, you don't blame him for going to Real Madrid. But the fact that it was the uncertainty of who's going to come in. And then suddenly, Rafa Benitez was the man that they were going to bring in. And it just didn't, it just didn't like, um, excite the fans at all. And it was going to cause division. So it just all went completely wrong. And Frank Lampard coming in was a gamble. And most of the and to be honest, most of the fans wanted Lampard after Benitez went. Mm. But now he's come in. Somehow we've just managed to stay up. And um, if you want my honest opinion, it's been an absolute disgrace this season. How we poor we've been. And for me, it's not just the ma- I don't blame it all on Benitez. For me, it's down to the board, the yeah, way we've been going. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? The, the money we spent, I'm not being funny, but I looked at it the other day, over 700 million we've wasted on ever since his owners come in. Mm. And FFP is taking its toll on uh, We have to sell one of our best assets if we're going to try and ease FFP. Yeah. So I'm, hope, I'm just hoping next season we, if, you, if you'd offer me what, what would I take next season? A boredom mid table finish and a cup run. Because it's nearly, it's been over 27 years since my club has not won anything. Yes. I'm, I, look, yeah. I'm 24 and I've not seen Everton win anything. So I think it's next season, just get some stability back. And we, 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 we say about owners having money, but it's all about not just having the money, it's spending it right. Uh, and again, we'll come on to Man United later, but they, you know, they've, they've bought the money, they've, they've had the money to buy, but they necessarily haven't spent it the right way. Doug saying there, you know, if Lampard starts off poorly, uh, do you think Mashiri fires him? 
is he the manager that's going to make the difference? For, for me, managers are irrelevant now because we've been through five or six ever since. Could, when he first came in, we had Roberto Martinez, who's now the Belgian manager. Yeah. And Martin, the fans wanted him out because of his style of football and how rubbish we were. And then you had Ronald Koeman. And don't get me started on Koeman. He was an absolute joke. And then Sam Allardyce was only a short term. And then we had Marco Silva, who just wasn't up to the job. And then they bring Carlo Ancelotti in, who we were all starstruck because we had a world-class manager. Then he goes. And then you get Benitez. And then, obviously, after that, Lampard. So, but it's not. It's the recruitment, though. Mm. I mean, we've, we... And I'll tell you another funny thing, right? Last summer, and this is what sums up our club, three different board members had... A, their own target for a manager. Mashiri, our owner, he wanted Benitez, who we ended up getting. Bill Kenwright, our chairman, wanted David Moyes back. And uh, Marcel Brands, who was our former director of football, now, he wanted Graham Potter. Doesn't that... It just says it all when you've got three different opinions on the board, but then the owners just come out and said, no, we're bringing this man. And it's just... It's just yeah, all. And I know. I, I, feel, I feel your frustration coming through the screen there. I, th- yeah. I think we know that this is a disappointing season. Learning, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like first world problems for a team like Leicester when you hear all about. You know, we and it's it's easy for us to sit here and go, yeah, we get it right most of the time, etc. But it is a case of be careful what you wish for, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. It's just yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. But sorry, I was putting that to Lou. Sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I was in my own little word then. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when I've heard a lot of Brendan out, Brendan out this season, careful what you wish for. Yes. You know, there is a lot of clubs in this league that would slap the hand off to get Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. And, you know, we're not doing great this season, but there is reasons for that. Um, So, you know, two top five finishes quite clearly isn't good enough for little old Leicester anymore it's crazy <laughs> this is yeah, I know what you mean I know what you mean but I mean you know Everton they, they, they only won two games away all season and that was probably what has sort of been their Achilles heel unfortunately we know the second one of those was when they came to Leicester uh, <laughs> I mean you know it, 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 was, it was written in the stars wasn't it Lou it was bound to happen yeah it was for me yes yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike I mean Going back to Benitez, I think we're all going to agree that it's been a disappointing season for Everton, definitely. But Benitez, I mean, if he'd kept, let's say, got Everton sort of taken over from 10th and and kept them in, say, got them into 6th or 7th, the fact that he was ex-Liverpool manager surely would then be forgotten? I'd I'd still disagree. Um, that There would still be some proper... Um, sort of, I don't want to say diehard Everton fans, but there'll be some Everton fans that have a such a strong feeling towards that opinion. They'd be like, "I don't care. He's still a Liverpool, well, icon, really. I wouldn't say legend. He's a Liverpool. Icon. He won the the Champions League with Liverpool. I don't want him managing us." And we saw some of the horrific. Well, I wouldn't say horrific, because if it was the other way, and and I'm sure you and you and New Chris would would agree, um, sort of an icon going to your club from a rival. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be annoyed that he's sort of come there. And especially with the way the results were going, Everton were like, 
actually, is he coming here to sabotage us? Is he, is he coming here to, to relegate us? But the, well, so the Liverpool fans didn't help either, did they, when they were calling, you know, the Red Spy and all this kind of stuff? Like, that didn't help. Yeah, Agent Rafa. We had plenty of that all season, but it is what it is. Yeah, it, it was... <laughs> A disappointment, though, and I wouldn't say. Well, I, I, Everton are a weird team because I always still see Everton as as that team that managed to get Europa League that one year. I think James pro- probably wishes they were back to that day, um, but I still see Everton in that Europa League, and I always, I constantly say they'll finish seventh, sixth to eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth around that region, and I just didn't see this this sort of drop off. Um, but Chris, you nailed it on the head when you said it's it's a long time. It was a long time in coming. Um, I think there's a lot of teams now that towards the Everton, the West Ham, the Wolves area that if they start to drop off, you need to nip it in the bud straight away before it becomes a, a slope because it's hard to get back up it. It is. Lou Leeds United. We you know we talked about second season syndrome. I want you um, to go down this, so bad. I want yeah, to this has got to be. One of the biggest disappointments up there with, yeah. with Everton. Um, book it for sale, I believe. <laughs> Again, you know, they, they, were, they stayed up on the last day. They gave a bit of excitement to us neutrals. But I wasn't expecting... I mean, we, we'd seen it with Sheffield United the season before. But I don't know. I just couldn't see this happening. Like I said, second season syndrome is a thing, and that's what's happened to Leeds. You know, they they had such a good season, and again, like they don't have any divine right to be higher in the league just because of Leeds United. No, no. And I think some of the fans need to, you know, remember that sometimes. But yes, it's a disappointing season because to go from ninth to seventeenth has to be a disappointment. Mm. Yeah, it has to be. But they stayed up by the skin of the teeth. They should now maybe. Like again, push up back up that league. But there's only so many places, you know. We're saying this about so many teams, and they can't all finish in, up there. Like someone has to finish in the bottom three. Someone has to finish in that bottom half. And mm. for me, like once you take that dip, it's really hard then to get back up the league because players don't want to play for you. You know, you can't attract the same players. Your team then gets stale, and that's where you get on that kind of downward trend. Yeah, uh, James. I mean, Doug. Kind of sums it up here. 79 goals conceded, um, had more than 100 yellow and red cards. They, they had a really bad start to the season with those. They had some, you know, big losses there, didn't they? And obviously, it cost Bielsa the job in the end. But again, you know, was it that you know, they did it in plenty of time? So you could say it was the right time. But Again, going for a manager with no experience in the Premier League to try and keep you safe? Bringing in someone like Jesse Mars, it was a gamble, especially in the position they were in. But yeah, Bielsa going was no shock at all because the problem I had with Leeds this season, they're just so predictable. You know, they're going to, they'll go bomb forward, gung ho, but then the amount of goals, like Dogs just put down there, the amount of goals they're giving away. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely relegation level that the, the amount of goals we give it away and the amount of yellows and reds they've got. There's no discipline, and that's something Leeds have got to work on next season. And it, it, if you look at that prediction there, I had them about 11 foot 12. I thought they would tail off a little bit, but I didn't think they'd be in a relegation fight. But 
No. They definitely need to improve next season, otherwise they will be gone. Yeah. Mike, disappointing, I think we're all agreeing on here. I mean, they conceded 79 goals. Watford conceded 77. And but and Norwich only conceded 84, which was only like five more during the season. They could consider themselves lucky buggers to still be in this division. Yeah, like Lou said, hurry up and get relegated leads because I just can't stand them for obvious That's reasons. Right, yeah. um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of good and bad because I want them to go down, but now they're staying up. It's a it's another three six points for everyone. So you yeah. know it's actually not not worked out too bad because we beat them five one at Old Trafford and four two at their ground. So and the goals are, are embarrassing. It's not biased. It, it's embarrassing. No. How expansive that how expansive they try to be and then how open they are they're like an apron it's all at the front and nothing at the back it's absolutely embarrassment um they brought in jesse march who jesse mash who obviously was an embarrassment manager for rb leipzig um and look they were lucky to stay up they were very lucky to stay mm-hmm. up i think burnley uh, if dan's not going to be watching this i advise you not to but burnley got screwed over by a couple of refereeing decisions the one at tottenham um, with two or three games to go, the one against Aston Villa, you could arguably say if they if those go on the other way and, and Burnley get an extra couple of points, they stay up. It's with that defensive record, embarrassing. And and look, yeah. they want they want to be called dirty leads. Well, you are dirty with those uh, disciplinary. I uh, think yeah, yeah, they have <laughs> sort of almost carried that on. I think with regards to the. Um, um, David said they're losing Bamford for most of the season. I don't think any team should have... I don't think any team should be using the excuse, and I'm not saying, David, that you said it's using it as an excuse, but you can't you know, say, well, we lost one player. We've all lost one. We lost 30 players at some point during the season. You cannot use that as an excuse for nearly getting relegated. Well, just, you they've, know, got, they've got Rafinha, who could be on his way to Barcelona, so they're like, well, yeah. you've lost yeah. Bamford. And, and I also think, Bamford, like, as well, on the point that you just... Defense not letting all those goals either. Like, Bamford isn't going to stop them leaking yeah, 79 no, goals. No, that, he, was so, the, he was in the team when they lost there, at the start of the season. He's not the goals to make up for what's going on at the back, is he, so... No, no. I mean, it, you know, it reminds me of the Tottenham uh, under Ozzy Ardiles. You know, we'll let in five, we'll score six. But I think as well, Mike, the point you were making there, which was... Um, if this had gone for for Burnley, if that had gone for Burnley, if Burnley had just won more games, understandable, would be up. You know, yeah. it, it's yeah. the old like, well, Villa stayed up because of the, that one decision. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I totally get what you're saying. I totally see where you're coming from, but I think you know you've got to think. Well, you know, this is a 38 game season. What doesn't you know. like. You know, exactly, exactly. Uh, Doug, as he says there, I think Leeds are going to struggle next season. Um, Lou, (laughs) we can't avoid it, I'm afraid. (laughs) In alphabetical form, uh, unless I actually do this and go, oh, look, let's go on to Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) I love love that in bracket. That's beautiful, that is. (laughs) But, I mean, Leicester... I predict I did the prediction for this, and I said fifth or sixth because I don't think we've got enough to break into into the top four. Um, as I think I've been doing a lot of reviews, and I've done like an ex-player one with Jerry Taggart of the season, 
Uh, Rob Tanner from The Athletic, uh, who's a Leicester fan, was the journalist. I've done Craig as the fan. And I had um, Owen from BBC Radio Leicester on last night. And they all said, you know, we, we have done well to finish fifth in the last two seasons and get European football, but we haven't got the spending power of the so-called, well, seven now with Newcastle um, getting getting taken over. And for us to do well, like in the, you know, when we, when we won the uh, league, we do need other teams to fail. That said, injuries, and I don't want to blame injuries totally, but we did have a hell of a lot of injuries. Defence, we were buying players, and I know some people were saying, like, well, Vestergaard's a bad bar, but they were coming into a defence that had no confidence, a goalkeeper that won't come off his line. Fifth to sixth, I said, last season it was fifth, but if you'd have given me eighth in a semi-final of a European trophy at the start of the season, and the Community Shield, but stroke English Super Cup, I, I wouldn't have said that was a bad season, but do you think it's it's, it's, a, it's a, you could call that season disappointing? It's really hard because when I look at the league position, I don't. I look at it and think, well, no, eighth is not disappointing. Hmm. It's a little worse than what we should be. You know, fifth to sixth, yeah. I think, is pretty fair based on the last few seasons. Yeah. Well, not miles away from that, so you can't really call it a disappointment. However, what's disappointing for me is what could have been if we'd had a fit squad. Yes, yes. You know, if we can get eighth with the injuries we've had, imagine what we could have done had we had the fully fit squad. But And I think had it been a normal sort of season, we probably wouldn't have got that eighth position. It's just that everybody else was... We all, we all every single team had, apart from the yeah, top two, it was, it had inconsistently... It was the wrong season to get all the injuries because obviously we did have Europe as well, which, again, I don't want to use that as an excuse because if we that's what we want. We want European football and we want to you know, be successful in Europe. But when you have all that amount of injuries, what you need to do is keep your players fit. And obviously, the more games you play, the more injuries you get and the tighter you get. So I don't think eighth, looking at the season, is disappointing. Um, but if you just take it purely on position, then yeah... I think it's a tad disappointing because I think the squad's slightly better than that. Yeah. And the thing is, James, I mean, we, we had a bit of a, we had a decent finish towards the end of the season. I think Brendan kind of knew, because um, he did talk about playing some kids. We never saw that materialise. I think he thought, well, we need to go and get, you know, as many points as we can. And, you know, we did have an easy finish. I mean, you know, our last, our last four games... We, you know, we beat Norwich three 0 We beat Watford five one. We drew with with Chelsea, which was, a, in fairness, a good result. We beat Southampton four one. But these were games that earlier in the season we'd have probably just about got a one nil. Yeah, overall, I think you've had a bit of a. I wouldn't say it's. Not, I wouldn't say disappointing, but it's just a bit of an underwhelming season. Um, I think injuries might have had an effect. But obviously, the amount of European games you'd had, it, it's had some sort of effect as well. Mm. The but the pro, the problem, mate, as we say, squad depth isn't too big. I think that's just the problem. You, you haven't got enough depth, strength and depth. So, summer's just important for you to um, recruit. And the fact you haven't got Europe next season, mm. will that be an advantage? I think you guys should be okay next season. So, but like you said, if you, if you said. If, we offered you eighth from the European semi-final and 
all right, community shield, all right. It's not, it's not special, but a community shield win. You would have bitten, you would have bitten the hand, all hands up for that. So. It's actually it's, it's, really it's a, a topsy turvy season, but you finished on a decent nose. Yeah, in English Super Cup, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a campaign to get this um, this this competition named uh, changed. I mean, I, but I mean, Mike, there's a lot of teams out there that would have taken what we have this season. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know how many teams have we mentioned that? They're chasing Europe. They want to be chasing Europe. They they feel like they they they're good enough to make Europe. Villa, Brighton, um, that you know, there's a few others as well, um, and obviously the top six, seven, eight that consistently finish in there. So to finish in the way where you expect to be, because I know obviously when you won the league there was a drop off and it's sort of gradually started to build back to consolidating a, a top ten finish. I don't think I'd ever see Leicester as a team to finish outside the top ten. Now I think you've Managed to maintain that top ten finish. Where, where you'll be in that top ten is, is is unknown to each season. But the amount I, I know you, Chris, have said this to me before. You don't like talking about, it, but because I'm a neutral, I'll say it. The amount of injuries and unstableness in that squad to finish eighth and to get to a European semi final. I think was it the quarter final of the Carabao Cup as well when you lost to Liverpool. Oh, yes, well, we lost to Liverpool. Yeah, we lost to Liverpool on that. Uh, quarter-final, European semi-final and to finish only one place out of Europe in an awful season in the league with so many injuries, so many players. Um, obviously, there was that thing with Madison as well where um, he was out of the team for a bit, um, obviously, with, with what went on. And, and the way Brendan... I know, obviously, a lot of people can have opinions after every game. It's, it's what we do as fans. But overall, as a season, how Brendan has sort of commanded himself in press conferences and, and in the media and stuff, like, you know, directly involved about the injuries and stuff. He just seems very humble. He's like, well, injuries are, are what happens in football. That's what happens as a contact sport. And and it's just refreshing to see that um, a certain managers cry about injuries, but Brendan has been very much, well, it's mm. what happens. And I, I wouldn't say overachieved, actually, but I'd say... It's average. Yeah. It's, it's not underwhelming. It's not overachieving. It's nowhere near disappointing. I think, I, I think we would say it was possibly sort of as expected sort yeah. of thing, you know, yeah. almost. Um, and, I, and I just want to actually um, just show this because, like I say, people people question me when they, you know, when I talk about the English Super Cup. But this is uh, quite a big, you know, site on 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 the web uh, on the on the. Uh, internet transfermarket.co.uk if you can see their english super cup oh, winner we've done <laughs> rest my case lou i re- you know it, it's, it's officially it's the english super cup <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know why everybody is thinking otherwise <laughs> but uh, i don't think it was um that disappointing uh, of a season liverpool now this is interesting um, yeah, we did. Doug says we need to defend, uh, improve defending from set pieces. And can I just say, Lou, I don't know if you saw, I was talking to Owen yesterday, like I say, from BBC Radio Leicester. I never knew this about Harry Maguire, but when we sold Harry Maguire, Man United were after him the season before and he only had a season left uh, on his contract. And rather than him go for a free, he actually signed a new contract to keep him at the club 
and make sure that we got some money for him because we'd come in and say, you know, got him from Hull when they'd got relegated. And Owen thinks Tillemans might do that. Well, I really hope not because I don't want Yuri to go anywhere. I want him to stay exactly where he is and be in our midfield next season. However, if he if he is going to go, then yes, of course, you'd love him to sign and then we get yeah. something for him because for him to go on a free is just devastating. It's it, it's worse than when Kante went for thirty million or whatever he went for. Like that yes. was gutting because he was obviously worth a lot more, but it was in his contract. Whereas this yeah. is just no contract at all. <laughs> so. yeah, we will we will time will tell. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. Uh Liverpool Lou. Um sounds like a song that doesn't it? Oh my Liverpool Lou. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> I don't know how you could say this could be a disappointing season, but you know they finished second. Uh, they won. Um, they won two cups and so basically got you know um, three trophies. But they didn't win the Premier League and they didn't win the Champions League. So could you say, in a way, you know, all this were on for a quadruple? Was it? Did it end up being a disappointing season for them? No, no. I don't think they realistically, and again, it's difficult because Liverpool are going to feel like they should be winning the league. Uh, that's the bread and butter. That's something that they've, they've obviously done a lot. Mm. However, when you've got Man City in your way, you have to be thinking maybe that's not going to happen for you. So I don't think that's going to be a disappointment. Obviously, they would have loved to win it, but I don't think that's a disappointment. No. Champions League, they got to the final. Like again, they were, you know, they were in with the chance of winning it and they've won two trophies. So I don't think that can be a disappointing season. The quadruple was only ever really, I only ever heard it from the press. I didn't hear any Liverpool players coming out and saying we, you know, we're going for the quadruple. It was always very much we'll take every match as it comes, which it always is, you know, that's what mm-hmm. um the players always say. But yeah, so I, I do you know, not getting a quadruple is disappointing. Yeah. Like, since when is get, not getting a quadruple disappointing? No one's ever done that. How can it be disappointing not to do something that no one has ever done? Yes, I, I yeah. It's not the season they wanted. They would have wanted probably the Champions League or the league, you know, but I don't, I, I just cannot call that disappointing. And whether that's just because I'm a Leicester fan and we never win anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't call that disappointing. You've won the Premier League the same amount of times of them, so and they're meant they're meant to be amazing. So they were. <laughs> I don't know if I dare ask this, James. I'm going to go and hide under the desk. Hang on a second. I did my best for you, Liverpool. I did my best for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's not. I won't say it's a disappointing season either. I mean, no one really expected them to win a quadruple, to be honest. I mean, who is going to do it? I can't see anyone doing it, to be honest. Man City side couldn't do it. The great yeah. Man United team side couldn't do it. Chelsea could, Chelsea can't do it. Arsenal couldn't do it, and they're their great teams. So, it, it, the, the fact they won two cups, and the, the, the fact that they're the two cups that Klopp has never won before. They've actually won now. So, there's a bit of a... So, Someone to cheer for, and all right, Champions League, they lost them into dead. But the title, the title, though, um, it was never really theirs to lose. It was more Man City's to lose because yeah. City were like fourteen points clear at one stage, and Liverpool just suddenly just caught up out of nowhere, and they were like one of the informed sides. So, 
the fact they've competed for four four trophies towards the end of the season, it's not that bad at all. And I struggle to see anyone doing that again. Mike, I mean, Liverpool were in three finals. Yeah. They didn't score a goal from open play in three finals. Mm. I mean, that, again, you know, you've got to say for a team like Liverpool, you know, they they kind of were lucky to get those, those, those two cups that they did. Yeah, I was I was just laughing that they were talking about a quadruple and that to do a bus parade for the Carabao Cup and the the FA Cup. That was quite funny to watch. Um, but yeah, they were. I'm surprised you remember what a bus tour is, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 don't do one for rubbish trophies like the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. We only do it for uh, the big. Okay. Um, okay. But no, start of the season, I, I said what pretty much everyone else was saying. Man City just too good. One thing I will say, don't clip this, any Liverpool fans, but I do think the Premier League owes a gratitude to Jurgen Klopp for making this not a Farmers League because you take Klopp out of it, out of them being in a title race with Man City and Man City win the league by 30 points for the last five years. So you, you take that out of it and you're like, you know, this is a, like James said at the top of the show, this is a a French league or a Scottish league if you take Liverpool uh, Klopp's Liverpool out of the, out of the league. Um, I really do think that because City probably would have won the league. There's no one, basically what I want to say is there's no one keeping up with, with Man City for this period of time, for five seasons. These two are just relentless. Yeah, um, no, agree. And they, they made, like you say, they made it interesting for the rest of us when, you know, we all thought it was over. Uh, Doug, obviously, being a Liverpool fan, said at least we can look forward to an English Super Cup. And what, what he means is he's actually looking forward coming to the King Power, because yeah. because of the um, ladies' Euros, the final of the ladies' Euros is the day after they would be holding the uh, uh, Charity Shield at Wembley. So they're actually holding the Charity Shield at the King Power. Now, don't get me wrong, it's nice that we've been chosen for that, Lou, but I would have <laughs> thought there'd have been bigger stadiums out there that they could have gone to. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of think, well... Why would you not go to Villa Park if you wanted it in the Midlands? Mm. You know, it's obviously bigger. Like, why would you not do that? Or why would you not go take it up north? You know, well, go completely off the end of the country and go Old Trafford or St James's Park, Anfield. Fans, what do they to be? It's going to be a, a ninety-five to five percent Liverpool uh, ticket allocation because Man City don't have any, so you can quite Wee. understand. <laughs> All, all I will say, though, James is probably going to kill me for saying this, but <laughs> you've got Liverpool fans and Man City fans coming down to Leicester. Hide your cars, people. If you're living in the vicinity <laughs> of the stadium, hide your cars. Or if you can't, you haven't got a garage or anything, at least take your hubcaps off. <laughs> yeah. um, say it's, a great, it's a kind of an honour for us because we've only ever had one international game, I think, played at our ground which I don't believe was the KP at the time. I think we were still at... Or it might actually have been, no, might it was, actually no, it wasn't the KP. We, um, mm. It was the only... You're right, I've only had one senior game. I think it was Jamaica um, yeah. that, that so came to get, and visited us. You know, the opener for the season, you know, it'll be good. And it would love to be good for the for the city to have people yeah. come and oh, spend their money in the pubs and stuff. 
the, the England games coming up are like in Middlesbrough as well, aren't they? I think I, I've seen that with England a lot now. They always have like a game at. Well, they have got the. We are hosting, I think, the. Hosting women's Euros. Yeah, yeah, we're hosting the women's Euros. So. That's why the men are having to play there for Indies and their qualifiers elsewhere so that the yeah. women can play at Wembley. I mean, oh, I've, I've got to say, you know, what did it say about Liverpool and Man City when they're turfed out of a stadium for women's football? It just shows how good women's football <laughs> now is. Pretty much near to select crowds in these in the women's Euros, which is good to see. It is, it is, totally. And we will be covering that, won't we, Louis? At times. We are, yeah. I think yeah, that's we, partly why we've got it because we will sell out stadiums where a lot yeah. of other countries probably won't for a women's tournament. No, you know no. we will. So I remember, I remember watching the. the... Anyway, sorry, sorry, Doug. I'm going to have to. We're nearly at an hour and a half. We sell only M here, so <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on. Manchester City, Lou, um, <laughs> predicted first was first last season. They finished first. Um, haven't got a cup this season. No Champions League again. Um, it's disappointing. They need to win the Champions League with the mm. squad they have, with the manager got, and the money they've spent. They should be winning the Champions League, and they should be winning it easy. And they're not. So that yes, it's disappointing. Could you say though? I mean, they got knocked out to to Real Madrid, who, let's be mm-hmm. honest with you, were relentless this season, weren't they? In the uh, Champions League, in all competitions. It's not just this season, though, is it? No, no. It's a compounding disappointment that they can't even get to the final of the Champions League. Now, that's the first step. Let's get to the final. Can't, mm. They're not even doing that. So, to me, if you are, you know, the number one team in England with, like I said, the squad that they have and the manager they have, there's just no excuses for them not winning it. And yes, Real Madrid, however relentless, they only won the final one now. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they're not... Scoring shed loads of goals and you know pinned on to win it, so no, that that's not an excuse for me. And if they are that far behind Madrid, they shouldn't be. Yeah, the money they spent, they shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, disappointing. Season. Hi, Helen. Um, James, would, I mean, I think it's disappointing because of, of the you know the standards that not necessarily they're setting themselves, but with the money they're spending. You know, and you're spending a billion pounds on players, and you know you could look at the same if you were talking about PSG in France. They've, they've you know, this this should be winning that competition. Uh, they should be. Yeah, that, that's the minimum benchmark for them. Hmm. I mean, if they lost the title on that final day, it would have been a really disappointing season because that would have gone trophyless. But the Champions League last season for me, they, they got to the final, lost to Chelsea. That was their best chance. But they blew, they blew that, and uh, I can't. I'm going to be bold about this. Them and PSG, I can't see them two winning it anytime soon. The Champions League, I just can't, because you can have all the money if you want, but you can't do it in the Champions League. You're never going to win it, and them two clubs have never won it before. So, it, yeah. but Chelsea hadn't won it before before Abramovich came. So that to me is not the point. It's the mentality of no, no, of course, yes. Yeah. Is very, very much like this is how we play and not deviating. You can't afford to do that in Europe. It costs some points in the Premier League, let alone in the Champions League. I definitely agree with that, yeah. Mike, I know obviously this is the wrong half of Manchester for you, but um, I mean, finishing first 
again. Um, is, is it right to say they've had a disappointing season? Yeah, it's purely off the fact that they've not won the Champions League for one. Um, and, and second, actually, which I think is is actually more... I think people are just overshadowing the, the, the lack of winning the Champions League. But the, the avenue I'm looking at, City are, are normally well-known for doing well in the, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. And they've not picked up either of them this season. You, you've no. seen City as a you know domestic team. They won the domestic treble a couple of seasons ago. Champions, uh, not Champions League, they wish. Uh, Premier League, Carabao Cup. FA Cup, they won. They won uh, three of them. I think they even won the Community Shield that year um, when they were called the Formidables. So you know, not winning the Champions League or any domestic cup is a disappointment. But how do you, how do you improve that? You signed a player who scored nine goals in the game in Erling Haaland, and you signed a player who scored six in one game in Alvarez. I, I think they're winning the Champions League next season. I think you put them two into it. I, I think they'll they'll win it, but. Disappointment. I could never imagine first being a disappointment, but it is. It will be. It will be interesting. You know, um, like I said, they never won it when they had Aguero, but we we will see. Time will tell. Mike, I'm going to stick with you again. I know you were probably wishing that this wasn't going to happen. Second season, Chris. (laughs) And I, I want to so want to click onto the next one, but I so don't as well. Now, I've got to be honest with you, um, and I'm just going to, I think I put it in the bin, let me just check where it is, because at the start of the season, with the fans' prediction... I, uh, I want to know who you asked, and were, were they, um, you know, okay? Were they what, sorry? <laughs> I said, I want to know who, what fan you asked at the start of the season, and if they were okay or not. Okay, um, it was Talk, Talk MU. Um, he won't. He won't be sorry that I've said this because uh, I've joked with him about it before. But I mean, you know, we joked about you know at the start of the season, Arsenal's you know the Arsenal fans' main achievement was to get Arteta out. This is what this is what talk said about Man United at the start of the season. We've got a good chance of winning the title. The double is achievable. Ollie should do it. <laughs> I didn't say any more, do I? I mean, this is this is a big D. And I mean, credit to you, you're still in Europe. So you could say, you know, you salvaged something from that. But you know, you've you've got worse than replacing yeah. the manager and getting better. Well, one thing I will say is is the, the way that you put what talk said, we could. With you know, win the league. I think anyone can who's who's in the sort of top five, top six can win the league. Um, so I think well, you've got a good chance of winning the league. Oh, oh no, completely not then. Um, so <laughs> but like the, the signings that we made, uh, Varane, Sancho, Varane makes the team better, Sancho makes the team better, and, and then obviously you bring in the greatest player of all time, um, to sort of complete that. And one thing I will say is. Is sacking Oli going to Solskjaer was the right thing? I just think, I think with Oli, it was difficult to like when it was going wrong, it was like, well, we've got he's a legend, and it was sort of he was in basically a, a, a tug of a tug of war between the legend Oli going to Solskjaer and the, the sort of manager Oli going to Solskjaer. And it was like, well, you can't say this because 99 dragging you that way, and then you know, you felt like you're on the bloody waltzers at the fairground, right? Just going back and forth. Are you allowed to say no? 
the the bottom the bottom line is the wrong manager had the right players. This squad on paper is the second best team in the league. By on paper, the second best yeah. team in the league. How it went so wrong was a joke. The owners, they they you said it, Chris, and and that you, you banned me with Man United, but this line is is one hundred percent correct. Man United getting an interim was wrong. The only reason being is they wrote the season off. They basically said, don't worry, this squad that we've got will get top four. No matter who, we, we'll, we'll put a clown in charge. Well, some would say Ollie was that, but we'll, we'll put anyone in charge and, and they'll get top four. Look at the squad. There's no way you won't get top four with that. Ralph comes in with, look, people will say his coach is his CV. I don't, don't give a crap about that. He came in to fill the gap to then go upstairs and the club have absolutely just completely and utterly destroyed him because they said, that's what you'll do. And then when he started talking out, talking out about the Glazers saying, I wanted a midfielder, they said no. I wanted to let Lingard go, they said no. Um, and, and he just, literally, exactly what Doug said, he, he exposed not just the squad, the whole club, what's going wrong at that club. Um, and the Glazers didn't like it. They're like, hang on a minute, someone's talking about us, get him gone. That's exactly what Ten Hag's going to do. He's, he's going to go in there and think, what the bloody hell's going on here? And he'll speak out and then he'll end up getting the sack. He's a circus. I, I, I don't blame the management or the players. I blame the board massively. You, you've got to blame the board, uh, Lou. I mean, uh, on that, on paper, as Mike said, we, we should be looking at Man United and we should be saying, look at the players they've got. On, like Mike says, say, on paper, this should be a team that is going to be challenging for um, the, 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 the league. Um, but when they decide, well, I think the I think the, the first mistake was to give Ollie the job permanently before he'd actually finish his contract as a temporary manager, because he went in after Mourinho. If you like, you could say he got the uh, the you know the the, the changing room back. Um, he was on that temporary contract. They hadn't, you know, he hadn't even fulfilled that temporary contract, and they gave him a permanent contract, which was when it all then started to go wrong. Um, so that, I think that was the first mistake. But this should be a club, and I know I have a lot of banter with Man United fans, but this is Man United. They shouldn't have to be getting, as we said, a, an interim manager in. That you know, managers should be walking barefoot over broken glass to manage this team. Yeah, and the board are the reason they're not. Let's let's be completely honest about it. Man United is still a huge club, and it's the board are the reason they're not. However. Players go on and play the pitch. They have to have some sort of responsibility for what they're they're doing on the pitch. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just saying, well, the players don't matter as long as you've got a good board, it'll work. And that's not true. You have to have both. The Glazers have not been good for Manchester United really since they took over. You know, they took over while Fergie was still there, and that's what kind of glazed over that first couple of seasons. And when he retired. It's never been right since. It's from top to bottom. And that's why I don't see any quick fixes. Because you can, if you fix what's on the field, the board's still going to be the problem. And if they're not backing managers, now if they're saying to managers, you can't have what you feel you need to make this team what it needs to be, what's the point? What is the point? Yeah. Six is not where United should be. You know, yes, they've got European football. That's not what they want. It's not what the owners should want. Yeah, you know. The guy who took over Chelsea um, actually owns the LA Dodgers, and he basically just gave 
their managers exactly the amount of money they want, and they were the highest paying club uh, side in the baseball league, and that's why they won it. That's why they won the World Series, and that's what he's going to try and do with Chelsea. I don't think it's going to quite work the same, but that's a different story. Yeah. Why are you know these people have, you know, I think they have a, a basketball team. They know what it takes to run a successful team. Why are they not doing the same with United? They, they're going to buy. They're taking money out. They need to put money in. The, the thing is about the Glazers, they're in talks to buy a Indian cricket Premier League team as well. I'm like, why? It, it just doesn't make sense. But yeah. No. I mean, James, teams you bought first. Exactly. Yeah, and because you own a baseball club doesn't mean that you and look successful doesn't mean you're going to be successful running a English soccer club. Okay. Yeah. But James, I mean, you look at you look at Man United and. I mean, Maguire's taken a lot of stick this season, uh, a lot of it from Leicester fans, you know, because of, <laughs> of us laughing because <laughs> of what they paid for it. And we said earlier about why, we you know, we've got £80 million for him with him signing that new contract. But I don't think a player becomes a bad player overnight. You know, he, he goes off to England and he plays fine with England. Again, you know, it, it's the decision of getting who they got in to, to run the club. That's the thing, like you nailed it on the head there. The players don't become bad overnight. It's just the, the whole foundations of Man United is completely wrong. I mean, you look back when Sir Alex Ferguson was uh, called it a day. How many managers had he had since he left? I mean, you've got Moyes, Van Hal, Mourinho, Solskjaer, and then Vanya for a short term basis. But they've not been back properly. And half the signings, and, and this is a similar problem in Everton as well, half the signings they're making. Or not even just the not or the play buying players that the manager doesn't want. It's just basically sell shirts and merchandise and all that. Mm. It's, it's it, unfortunately this is where football's going at times. It's a money making business, and that's no, what the Glazers are doing. It's where yeah. incompetent teams are going. The Compton teams, Liverpool and Man City, sign hungry players they want to develop at the club. This is where Man United are going, which hopefully comes to an end this year. Well, yeah, they're, 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 they're good luck to turn hard next season. Money out of a football club is to make it successful. That's the best way to make money out of a football club. It's to make it successful. The problem yeah, is that takes a lot of money in itself. I know, I know, Chris. Obviously, you don't want to go too on too long about this, but I've never got the fact that if the Glazers made Man United more successful, they would get more money. It just doesn't make any sense. Do they not realise that more success brings more sponsorship money. The, the, they haven't got a bloody clue what they're doing. What Lou said. But I do want to just stick with this. For, there are two questions I want to ask you, Mike. And I hope uh, Lou and uh, James just bear with me for a second. Uh, first of all, Alex Ferguson, let's be honest with you. Whatever you say, love him or hate him, you've got to respect what he did. And he's probably the best ever manager than, um, you know, <laughs> even yeah. up, better than Shankly for what he achieved. But when he left, he knew what he was doing, didn't he? He he left Moyes a hot potato with that squad. The, the worst thing about that is what he left Moyes with, that team probably could have got one more year of, of top and then build. I, I said at that point, I want the Jose Mourinho at that point. Jose Mourinho was hot top, hot property at the time. 2013, he was in sort of the peak of his powers. I'd have taken him to build because you see what Jose does. First season, he would have said, right, okay, there's some players in here that still would have taken us on. But it was just, 
the wrong job. You talk about people going into the wrong job at the wrong time. We were talking about Lampard earlier, potentially, and yeah. uh, play, and managers going into the wrong environment at the wrong time. It definitely happened with, with David Moyes. And yeah. uh, only until last year, he still had his contract at Man United. Going, cause I think they gave him like a seven-year contract, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and last last point, and then we'll move, move on uh, to Newcastle. Um, Conte going, and we'll obviously come to Tottenham later. But Conte going into Tottenham when he did, I think was 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 probably the making of Tottenham because he's gone into Tottenham. They needed him more than he needed Tottenham. Yeah, and he can go in and he can say, "Look, this is what I want, and I do." Blah, blah, blah. Whether that happens or not is another matter. Is Den Haag the man that can go into Manchester United and stand up to the Glaziers? Yes. Um, the reason I'll say yes, uh, a lot of people say oh, Ajax is Ajax is a, as a fantastically run football club at Ajax. Um, Edwin van der Sar, um, uh, what's his name, Overmars, the whole sort of connection between the board. Um, the board and the fans are like best mates. You know, they, the board, the fans know exactly what the board are saying. It's it's a well sort of knitted football club at Ajax. And I think Ten Hag will go in there and say, look, if you don't, uh, he's probably had this conversation already, Chris. He's probably gone in there and said, yeah. give me what I want. You're not having, I'm, I'm not coming because. Yeah. You, like, you fair said, enough. And let, let, let's, let's see if it happens. Yeah. But uh, Newcastle United, uh, Lou, fans 16 to 17th, which is probably what they thought at the start of the season. I mean, they've only actually improved by one position on last season. They did have a good run uh, at the back end of last season, beating us 4-1. Um, bottom three before the takeover, they're now the richest club in the world, but they seem to be sensible with it. They're not making outlandish promises. Um, they, they seem to have, have, have picked well with the manager. Um I, I think it's probably to say, you know, if, if they hadn't had the takeover, they would have well overachieved. But I think with the takeover and the January window, they're probably about where they would have expected. I think this is an overachievement because I think money can't buy you confidence and it can't buy you the steel you have to get, you have to have to get yourself out of a relegation battle. I think this is a major over team, and I think Eddie Howe has done an amazing, amazing job since he got the Newcastle job. The money, obviously, they spent in January helped, can't be denied. But again, it doesn't guarantee you anything. You have to spend it wisely, as we've just said. Yeah. And they have. The new owners aren't coming in and saying we're going to win the league next season. They're not, you know, they seem pretty level headed. The uplifting just morale within the fans just by getting rid of Ashley. Like, I don't think it mattered who took over. They would have been happy just getting rid of Ashley. So the whole club is different. The whole atmosphere there is different. People are excited to go and see Newcastle again because they've got hope that, you know, the club is going to go places and is going to, you know, be getting into Europe, winning, you know, competing for things, which is all they want. Yeah. You know, they don't ask for really for that much up there. They just ask for a team that's, you know, they can be proud of. And that's what we all want as fans. Sorry, Matt, I'll come to you afterwards. James, um, money can't buy you success. Money can't buy you confidence. Lou is quite right. But money can get you the the right manager. And it looks like that's what they've done. They've done well, considering how absolutely god-awful they were at the start of the season. And even though that was a different manager and a different owner at the time, but 
No, I think 11th was a really good strong end to the season. What Newcastle need to do now, and I'm pretty sure they will do, is have a, obviously they'll have a plan going forward. They'll spend the money wisely. They can't afford to do what my club did because we're an example of how not to spend money. So this is what Newcastle just got to do. So, I, And I think, and I'm happy for the Newcastle fans because they have suffered a lot with Mike Ashley and they're, they're such a passionate fan base. They, like Luke said, they don't expect anything. They just want to be proud of their team. We all want to be proud of our clubs because we love them at the end of the day. So it's a case of next season. How do they? How are they doing the summer? And how will Eddie Howe get them playing? Yeah, definitely. Mike, so you were going to say? Um, yeah, I was just about to say that they've completely and utterly changed. The like I said about Brentford, Ericsson came in, made a switch. Owners come in, made a switch. This club is going places. Grimaez has come in and he's basically said to Newcastle, I don't care what offers come in, I'm going to be a Newcastle legend here. And and to hear those words from, you know, a Brazilian has no links to, to Newcastle whatsoever. You know, Eddie Howe is a fantastic coach. Um, he's got the best out of goal Linton. Um, and, and he's just changed the way Newcastle are. And, like like uh, James said, it's going to be a slow progression. It's like right next season, it'll be can we get to the top, break into the top ten? Then can we get into the top eight, top six? It, it, they it are sensible, the owners. They are taking it one yeah. step, like say, yeah. at a time. Point whatsoever. Yeah, and we know who's coming up next. Uh, Norwich City. Basically, I'm just going to leave them because of the shit. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> they're where they deserve to be. I'm sorry, I'm not wasting. I'm not wasting my breath talking about a club that that come up with no ambition whatsoever and go straight back down again. Uh, Southampton, Lou uh, fans predicted 11 to 15th last season. They were 15th. This season they were 15th. Um, at least they didn't get a nine nil this season, which is the first one for three uh, in three seasons they haven't. But I mean, they're, they're just. They're just there, aren't they, Southampton? They always flatter to deceive at the start of the season. And then, you know, quicker than a bride's knickers on a wedding night, they drop down. That's right, yeah. And again, we've talked about it many times on the show, but at the end of the day, they're in the Premier League. Like, for their size, for their, you know, what they spend, again, you know, their whole success is built on their academy. And if they could just keep half of the players they've let go... They would yeah. have been in a much much stronger position, but they can't do. They can't afford to do that, you know. And we've, I would rather them do what they're doing and finish fifteenth than try and keep those players and end up going bust. And there be no, you know, there be no Southampton Football Club. So yeah, exactly where they expected to be, just an average season and pretty good because they've not had to worry about relegation. So yeah, yeah, you know, that's something that you, they've not had to worry about this time around. New owners, James, um, saying, you know, it would be interesting to see if they change that, um, you know, that philosophy of, of selling. I mean, we, we, we've been there as Leicester for many years, having to sell to survive. But I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, they're just, they, they, they always promise so much and deliver nothing. Okay. It must be frustrating for if you to be a Southampton fan for over the years, but the amount of players they had to sell to the for massive amount of money, especially mostly most of them ended up going to Liverpool, like Lallana, Van Dijk, Ricky Lambert, and all them. So 
I thought they would struggle this season, Southampton, because I mean they're the, they're very unpredictable. They they go through phase where I mean it's like most mid-table clubs. I have go on a four or five game unbeaten run, and then I just go oh, no, a win now, uh, no wins in five or six. So mm. I think they're more or less where we expect them to be. And I think Hassan, who I think they've got a good manager in Hassan, who I think they just got to recruit properly. I think that's the thing. It's not just losing players; it's who they're bringing in. They're not yeah. bringing in great, uh, not bringing in great players, are they? I mean, I know it's tough to bring in brilliant players, but and I agree with David Dog. I, I think I don't. If Southampton struggle, I think Hassan it might not last the season. And that's not saying he's a bad manager. It's just I think Southampton will struggle. Yeah, I, I, I mean, um, Mike, I, I just. Everybody says he's too good for that for that club. Um, do you think he's going to get to the point where he thinks I'm better than this? Well, first of all, I'm I'm glad that they didn't finish too high after they beat us eight 0 in the Carabao Cup this season. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit glad that they didn't finish too high. Um, I think no, that's Newport, not Man United. We don't we I don't get well in cups. Um, but no, back to Southampton. Um, it's it's difficult when you've got a team of not underachievers, but there's, there's a couple in there that glimmer with a bit of hope. James Ward-Prowse being one of them. Oriol Romeo, I think, is a fantastic midfielder. There's the problem that they got, Broha, this season as well. You get two or three in a team that could go way higher. Um, I think uh, there's a few, like I said, those three that I mentioned there, probably Livramento, at right back as well. Those are probably you know top six players that you're know, realistic yeah. top six, top yeah. seven, and right. safe and not pushing on there. Uh, in terms of the season, no disappointment. And in terms of Ralph, I agree with Doug. I could see him uh, potentially um, jumping ship because he may think he can't take them any further. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a fair point. And yeah, like you say, it's probably what everybody was expecting. As they, they they flattered to deceive, and again I thought, oh, you know, maybe seventh or in Europe for them, but you know, um, but not to be. Dan has joined us. I hope you are well, sir. I know he's been out tonight. And he's probably drunk and still drowning his sorrows. Uh, we all we all feel your pain, mate. We've all been there, um, except James, of course, hasn't <laughs> yet been relegated. But uh, Tottenham, we mentioned. I mentioned them earlier, Lou. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what what a joke they were at the start of the season. You know, I mean, it was like, you know, was it manager nine, eight, tenth? What but they ended up getting, and it wasn't who they wanted. Um, and they had to go almost cap in hand, I think, to to, to Conte. But mm-hmm. what a signing he's been for me. They have probably, I think, overachieved looking at where they probably were had they stuck with Nuno. It's really difficult to say because, you know, again, Nuno hadn't had a great amount of time to kind of work with the squad and whatever. But in Conte, you've got a world-class manager and that's what he is. You know, there is plenty of teams all over the world that want him and would take him as their manager. You're talking huge clubs. So, yeah, I think that was a great, you know, uh, signing for Tottenham. I think it's a really good season. I don't think there's any disappointment about finishing fourth. No. Like, no. this is, like, nailed on. 
definite. Obviously, finishing fourth above Arsenal makes it even better for them. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they have got a manager who has got European experience, who is, I think, going to be good. And actually, I think there's a really good chance that Tottenham could go quite far in the Champions League next year. Um, because, he, again, he knows what... It's, it's very like Mourinho. He knows how to play in Europe. He's done it enough. And he's going to have those skills that when things aren't going the way you want them to do, right, I'm going to make this change. This is where it's going wrong. And actually to be able to see that. So, yeah, I think Tottenham are, are pretty good on Conte. My worry is when he leaves. And he will leave because eventually yeah. Levy won't back him. And then he'll throw his dummy out the pram and leave. So, yeah. eventually <laughs> that will happen. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that will happen. But yeah. this season, obviously, very, very good and I see that yeah. happening. I think, James, you give, you gave that to any Spurs fan at the start of the season that have not only bitten your hand off, probably your whole arm, to be honest with you. <laughs> he is the manager that can, uh, I think, probably get, not necessarily win it for them, because I'm not, you know, it's going to take a few years for anybody, so we've said, you know, to catch the top two. But um, do you know what? Uh, I, I, think, I, think they've, I think they've done well this season. Considering the start they had uh, under Nuno, yeah, they definitely haven't. Can't say. I mean, he's a top manager. You can't disregard him. I mean, I was shocked when he got the job, to be honest, because I, you know how Tottenham operate under Daniel Levy. They, they don't yeah. back the managers enough. I mean, he had Mourinho and then Pochettino. It's just... But the fact he's got them fourth, they, there's no excuses. They, they've got to back him. So if, they, if they're backing properly and... Like if they can go further in Europe and then maybe keep gradually building to get better, then he might bring some success. He might end up bringing success to Tottenham. So they just got to back him. That's all they got to do next season. So and obviously tempt the likes of Harry Kane to stay another year. And I think Kane yeah. will probably stay because if it came if if someone came in with the money, Kane would have gone by now. But I think Tottenham will. Will be fine if they can back Conte. Yeah, and Mike, um, sorry, I was I was distracted. Doug said there's some good news for Leicester fans. I'm trying to find. Oh, who've we signed? Who've we signed? And it's uh, Bergwijn leaving Spurs. Yes, thank you for that, uh, Doug. Yeah, you you don't you don't have to come back. Uh, <laughs> reminded me about that. Uh, you, you'd have taken Conte, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, absolutely, in a heartbeat. Under Nuno, they were an embarrassment and a joke. Um, they they really were. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. They they were an absolute joke under Nuno, and it was the wrong appointment, a completely wrong appointment for Tottenham. They bring in for me the the third best manager in the league. Um, well, I don't, I don't think anyone will have any sort of qualms about that. I think he's he's world class. Um, and the signings in January, we talk about how much January signings can change. Um, a whole you know sort of different outlook on a season. He brings in Benton, Cole and Kulisevsky from, from Juventus and it completely changes them alongside Son, Harry Kane, um, the, the team and Romero at the back as well. The team is starting to look like a team that can challenge and they've already signed Ivan Perisic for next season as well. So yeah. you're going to get back big time Antonio Conte this year. Like James said, you cannot finish fourth and then not get backed. He's going to have 100, 150 million to spend, I think. I think Evie's going to throw money at it, thinking if we buy players around Harry Kane and Son, they'll stay. 
Indeed. And to be honest with you, I think if he doesn't get back, he'll, he'll walk. I don't think he, yeah. he, he's worried about that. You know, he will just go. Another another club that was just shit, and we're not going to talk about them because they finished where they deserved to and they finished where everybody expected them to. And, and that's Watford. Goodbye, go down, don't come back again. Um, I mean, Doug said it earlier, and I'm just trying to find it. I did, I did put it up, but I can't find it. He said, "Commiserations at going down, but congratulations at coming back up next season." I hope they don't. I hope they don't. Um, we touched on it earlier, Lou. West Ham. Um, mm-hmm. I'm predicted seven to tenth. Uh, last season there was six. They finished seventh again. Though they got a Europa Conference um, semi-final. Uh, a, a, Good season for them. I expected them to drop back down to be fighting relegation, but you know they <laughs> they proved me wrong again. Proving you know maybe Moyes was the manager that Man United should have kept. No, oh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so West Ham are. I have a soft spot for West Ham, and I don't even really know why because I've got no reason to have a soft spot for West Ham, but I do have. And I think, again, can't be disappointed with this season. Yeah, okay, it's a one-place drop from last season. Yeah, I just think, again, can't be disappointed. Moise has done a really good job. He's gotten playing some really good football and obviously trying to go that to get that um, mm. European trophy like we were. And, yeah, just a, a good season. I don't see any disappointment here. No. And, and James, so the worry is, you know, who are they going to lose, isn't it? It depends if they keep all their main men. I, Declan Vice, I mean, I, it depends how much. I mean, they're saying 100 million for him, which I don't think he's, he's not worth that, but that's where the market is now. It's, it's who they can bring in. I, I think they can, they can attract decent players, and especially up, up front is where they're lacking. And they haven't got his squad depth. But now this season, they've had a great season. And obviously, because obviously Mike, we had David Moyes for 11 years, he's, he's doing a similar to job at West Ham, what he did with us. And in fact, he got them to a European semi-final. Unbelievable. So, I'm fair play to them. They've had a great season again. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I joke there, Mike, uh, about Moyes, but they, they, again, they can't be disappointed with their season at all. No, um, they've got, for me, you know, whether, you know, this, this is called a debate show for a reason. They've got, the best in one of the best English players in this in the league this season in Jared Bowen. Oh my goodness gracious me, what an absolute talent they have. Everyone's talking about they could be losing Rice. Obviously, Rice is a, a fantastic footballer. Don't yeah. get me wrong. If they were to lose Jared Bowen, that takes away 15 goals and probably 15 assists from this from them this season. He has not dragged them to, to conference league because at times they they've looked a bit sloppy and like they seem to drop their heads in games. They went 2-0 up at Man- against Man City. Heads drop 2-2. I know, obviously, a draw against Man City is, is still a good result. But yeah. from a winning position, and the heads just dropped slightly. And, and obviously, Bowen scored two goals that day. Um, it's a fantastic squad. It's not, it's not like one massive name and then 10 awful players. It's a few, you know, very, very good footballers and then six or seven workhorses. And then, you know, most of their team are, are players that, you know, just work hard for each other and they fight for each other. Um, and, and that's what David Moyes had, had at Everton. He had it at Preston for that short spell. He's had, he's never had the flair 
as often. It's always been, we will fight for each other. We will put our bodies on the line for each other. We care for each other uh, and, we, and we won't leave anything on the pitch. And to get to a, a European semi-final, just like yourselves, um, and finish pretty much one, one place off yeah. the end of the season. We are there. We have finally got to the last club. <laughs> Thank you, Lou, James and Mike for sticking with it. Um, fan prediction for Wolves was 11 to 15th. Last finished season was 13th. Lou started the season with a new manager and I was surprised because I thought Nuno was a good fit there, uh, you know, with, with the players yeah. he'd got in and what have you. But, you know, it looks like things are going on, you know, behind the scenes. But, you know, they brought a new manager in. Um, they went from Nuno to Bruno and he's not done a bad job for them, has he? No, again, no disappointment in this season, I don't think. Um they're about where the fans thought they would be. And obviously they've got a bit better than last season. So again, there's progression there. Yeah, spot on really. And again, like they're one of those teams that could push for the for those European places. Um, given just a bit of maybe of luck and maybe a few more players. Again, not got the depth of the squad. Maybe that's an issue. And I think that's an issue for a lot of teams in the league is, you know, that first team, yes, can go and win a game on its day. But then when you get the injuries and the suspensions that's when you struggle um, and that's bore out with Leicester this season and I'm sure it would with anybody with the amount of injuries we've had. But from Wolves' perspective, yeah, a, a great season again, no disappointment um, and yeah, they'll just look to push on now maybe to get those European places. They were close to Europe again. James, one of those, you know, that I've, I've said for a few clubs, may I felt may just have nicked that seventh place. They, they, they fell away but like Lou said, you know, probably as expected this season. I mean, I actually had them down, for me, probably better than expected, because I, th I thought they'd be uh, in a bit of a relegation fight, having got rid of uh, Nuno. I think a few people would, because it was such a gamble to bring in someone, and not going to lie, I'd never heard of this, uh, Bruno Lash, but he comes in, and to be fair, he's done a great job, considering um, the, the good work Nuno did there, originally, but yeah, they were in contention for Europe for a long period, but yeah, the wheels did fall off a little bit. But overall, more or less where we expect them to be. So they just got to go see what they're doing in the summer and then just got to go again next season. That's all they can do, really. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yes. And Mike, final word for on the Premier League teams. Uh, again, pretty much, you know, neither good nor bad for them, was it? Yeah, when they brought in Bruno Large, I think many people were worrying. I, I, I just said I think they'll still be in the, the seventh to tenth category. I, I, I didn't see any drastic relegation um, sort of worry for them. Um, and I think actually one thing that changed them is obviously selling Patricio and bringing in Jose Sarr. I think Jose Sarr has completely changed Wolves the way they they approach a game. They're not no longer because Patricio was. You know, not really good with his feet, but an unbelievable shot stopper. Jose Sarr wants the ball at his feet. He wants to be sort of a, a fifth centre-back, if you like, or a fourth centre-back, if you like. Um, but yeah, like I said, neither disappointment or um, delirium. They're not running around uh, Wolverhampton with, with with that season. And it's just like, go again next year, we, we, we fight again. Yeah, we do. Guys, um, we'll 
talk to you in a second, Mike. But guys, thank you so much. I didn't think it was going to be that long. Um, but then again, it's a debate show, and we have to uh, debate. And please forgive me if I did rush a couple of you along at some points. Then uh, uh, the game. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, thanks so much for joining us. We've got the Euro le- Euro ladies to look forward to. Yes, uh, I will um, send you the fixture list. Please, if you've got it, yes, if it's there, yeah, and we'll get, we'll have a chat and get something arranged. It's the eighth, so not long to go. No, eighth of June. Oh, well, no, July. Oh, July. July. I thought it was July. July. (laughs) Then when he said not so long, I thought it can't be June. It's only next month. I'm just gonna have to go and change my underwear now. Yes, but yeah, we'll get those sorted. Luke, thank you very much. All the best. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Cheers. Bye-bye. And James, again, finally a face to the... um... To the name and, and a voice to the to the uh, name as well. Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck next season. I have a feeling you might need it. I'm afraid, mate. <laughs> I think we all need it. I mean, I said to my dad that the season tickets were going to go. They should come with a free pacemaker. <laughs> my heart went after the Crystal Palace game, but hopefully it's much less stressful next season. Hopefully. Well, all the best for next season, except obviously when you play Leicester. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, Chris. You on. Hopefully, you do that for your first show. Yep. But uh, all the best. Take care. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Take lads. Care. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Mike, I know you um, wanted to sort of touch on your other team. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm. You know, I know you've got. An, I know you've got another show coming up. So if you've got time, we can talk again about the mighty uh, Newport County. Yeah. Finished eleventh in League Two. Yeah. Um, won 19, lost 15, plus nine goal difference, 69 points. Uh, in your last five, you only won one. Uh, yeah. Lost four of your last five. At one point, we were we were talking playoffs, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, at one point, we were talking automatics. We were, with seven games to go, we were, were second in the league. We, if, if we would have won just four games out of the last seven, we would have been minimum playoffs, could have even been... Automatics, and we had three home games in a row and lost all three of them. Um, <laughs> so it's look, League Two is a it's a slog. You know it yourself, Chris. Up from uh, Leicester being in League One, it's a slog. It's not you can't play fancy football. Oh, I don't know. It was it was it was quite easy for us. We came out of it straight after one season. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Sorry, I got. I'd have to get that. You've been digging up about you beating us in the cup. I had to get you yeah. back with that one. But yeah. It is. We know it's hard down there. You know, you haven't got the pictures that you got in the Premier League. Uh, you know, that's not being disrespectful. Oh, no. That's just being being a fact, you know, and the fact that the clubs haven't got the money to spend on it. You know, you play more games. I mean, you know, there, there's what? Um, Eight more, yeah, 46. Yeah, there's just, just, yeah 24 <laughs> teams in that division. Uh, and I don't think you're ever in trouble of going down, but what went wrong? Um... I... Michael Flynn obviously started the season um, and just it didn't work. I, I don't know why it didn't work because obviously he, he kept us up in in 2017 and and just he's a, he's a Newport legend and then it just all fell apart at the start of the season. Got James Rowbury in, um, who I'm still not fussed on, even though a few of my mates are saying, "Come on, he's building something." I'm still not fussed on him at the moment, even though it's been like seven eight months. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just the home performances. Normally we, we at home we're sort of 
it's a fortress. And, and this season, it was like everyone came here just thinking they could win. And and when Telford's goals dried up, it it all started to go wrong from there. It was it was the home form that absolutely killed us. O- on the road, we, we were good. We went to Swindon, won there. Went to Port Vale, won there. Uh, went to Exeter, drew there. Uh, went to Bristol Rovers, won there. Mansfield, we only lost. So away from home, we were actually probably one of the best teams in the league, I thought, at times. Yeah. Um, it, it, weirdly enough, you know, normally you say home home form is what will keep your season salvaged if your away form is bad. And it was the complete opposite for us uh, this season. But hopefully we can build on that from from that, hope. well, I wouldn't say horrific, but dodgy end to the season, like you said. Yeah, I mean, you, you're making already dipping in the transfer market. I know we, we had a joke earlier about the fact that you are becoming a Cardiff B team. But, yeah. you know, you've signed Cardiff striker uh, Zimba on loan. Yeah. Um, that Barla Evans is it is set to join Newport as well, and also another Cardiff youngster, Bowen. Yeah, and, you know if, if they play well, I'm sure they'll, they'll they won't be you know, or will they you know have be have, have a go at them because they're playing for Cardiff before you. Well, the thing is, the thing is with um, well Jared uh, Jared Sam Bowen is actually cousin with Jared Bowen, funny enough, which All is right. actually crazy. Um, and Chanka Zimbo, we signed today, has has scored goals for fun at under 23 level and then I read more into it and he scored goals for Northampton last season I was like actually this could be a, a good signing here he looks talented so I'm just praying we're not signing that striker because we know Telford is leaving because that that I think that'll make me cry I think yeah I mean the teams that have gone up Forest Green Rovers well we know what's happened with with that club I have a feeling they'll probably come straight back down Hopefully. um Exeter City and Bristol Rovers are the other two that have gone up. I don't think they've they've got a big history of ever staying up when they've got promoted. I don't know. I'm not sure who's coming down. What what are your chances for next season? Um, I'm looking at next season as it's early days. I know because we yeah you know. yeah yeah. yeah. I, I'm looking at next season as as to basically we, we've got to get. I know, I know obviously people hate this. We should be there, but I, I think yeah. over the last four years we. We probably are one of the seven best teams in that league. I think we've got to be looking at playoffs as a as a benchmark. If we don't make playoffs, it'll be two years out of it after being two out of the last three seasons in the playoffs. So it'll be a drop off. Um, it is it's going to depend on on who we lose. Um, I think we're we're all praying that Don Telford just signs one extra year. I'll say between fifth and seventh. I think I think we'll finish. So you look you're looking hopefully to playoff place. Again, yeah, yeah, and that leads me very nicely, saying playoff place to a game that's happening on Sunday um, between Wales and Ukraine um, for the World Cup. Um, all joking aside, that you know, being an English fan, I obviously am going to you know want Ukraine just as you would if we were playing Russia. Now you'd be getting behind Russia to beat us. <laughs> we've been there. We've had the banter. We've had the arguments. We've had the fallouts over over this. But a little bit of me, obviously for you, well, I want them to do well because obviously you're a mate and I want them to, to do well for you. And it's kind of, I suppose if you do get to, because you're going to be in our group if you get through, um, so at least that's sort of three points for us. But are you going to the, uh, are you going to the game? Uh, no, I'm, th- this is something I'm annoyed about. I um, spoke to my my dad about actually getting a ticket, and then when when he decided it'd be a good idea to 
to buy them. It was they were they were off sale. So uh-huh. um, no, I will be doing a watch along for it. I think, um, and, and and if we do not qualify, that will be ended at full time. There is no way I'll be talking anymore. Um, not even I won't even say it's full time. Well, as soon as the final whistle goes, that stream's getting ended because so you are you are doing a watch along. Uh, if if I could if I could hold the nerves, uh, I'm I'm not too sure yet. But uh, well, if if you do good luck with it, if you don't pop on, you can pop in and out of mine if you want. I won't expect you to. Uh, thing is, it, it it's a qualifying for the World Cup. That's um, what I mean. that that word. I hate that even more. I find <laughs> people saying a playoff, but when they say a World Cup qualifier playoff, it oh. It so the thing is, you're going to want to sit down. And watch it, don't you? Don't necessarily want to be occupied. Um, yeah. it's, like, it's like I would never have done a, a, a watch along for the FA Cup or the Community Shield because I just want to sit and enjoy the game. But um, but by all means, if you're not doing your own, like I say, you know, just pop on for five, then pop off, then pop on for five again. You yeah. would be more than welcome, sir. Yeah, you're Thank the only person that's been on tonight that's really got sort of YouTube channels and everything. So. Your details are in the description below. Just give a shout out where um, where people can find you. Yeah, so it's Mike Green on YouTube. I'm live in 45 minutes time for uh, US Darts Masters watch long. Yes, I'm crazy. Yes, I'm stupid for doing it. I've been told by family members that that's what I am for doing it. But um, I thought, why not? Um, you know, I've got to be up early in the morning. So that ends about four or five. Just won't sleep the whole time. Which <laughs> Um, you keep saying this, you've got a big darts following, haven't you? Yeah, and and, and a lot of the, the darts following are actually American. So, you know, for them, it'll be six, seven o'clock at night. But for me, you know, I'll, I'll be trying to get skewers to keep my eyes open. Um, yeah. yeah, it is green on YouTube. Um, make sure to subscribe to Chris. I've got it right. I've got the, I've, I've got the, the right um, direction. <laughs> yeah. you got the one direction. You're a big one direction fan, aren't you? yeah do subscribe to Chris and and check my content as well that'll be much appreciated yeah mate if you can stay on because I've got a question for you afterwards I'll keep it very quickly but uh, if you just stay on but thanks very much Mike like I say your descriptions are below and if you like a bit of darts he's the man for you definitely thanks a lot Mike and you cheers cheers mate yeah, if you say if you like your darts, do, I don't see the point in it. I know I say it every time; it's awful. It's the only darts joke I know, apart from my nuns, and that's too long to do at the end of a two and a quarter hour show. Didn't think it would go on that long, but hey, we covered all the shows. <laughs> that's the thing. Um, thanks very much for watching. If you have been, and if you've been listening on, if you've been listening, well done for sticking with it. I'll tell you on your favourite podcast platform. <laughs> we will be back. Um, I'm on Stephen's channel tomorrow at 8 o'clock for a season review uh, if it goes on as long as this I'll be up all night with that one and 4.30 on Sunday Wales Ukraine watch along uh, good luck with that um, Mike I hope it goes well for you thanks to everybody that watched chatted joined in and subscribed all the best now take care good night thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.